passion. It lies in all of us, sleeping, waiting, and thro- though unwanted. Un- okay. A lot of ellipses, again. right? Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this might take a few takes. Talk amongst yourselves. Well, you get to edit the thing. I so do, I use, do. Yeah, you can always fine. use your best take. <laughs> the one where oranges go flying past my head? <laughs> do I get the orange? Stop throwing oranges at me, Boreanis. <laughs> All right. Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we will be discussing Buffy, Season 2, Episode 18, Killed by Death, where intact is just not saying true stuff. <laughs> true story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as always, I am Jen, and this is Snard. Or Michelle. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, we are the sisters tuck it. We are. Yeah. Do you have any uh, announcements or any kind of uh, stuff? We have had Irish cream. <laughs> because yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. Indeed. Not for you, but for us. Because as you know, we record a little bit ahead. That's why sometimes we are. Well, alone. we're time travelers. We are time travelers. We have a little blue box mm-hmm. and we go, woo. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we don't have companions, unfortunately. Well, you do. Well, I. He's not really a Who companion. <laughs> if you watch the show, you'd know, but you're just not, you don't have that much nerd cred. Not I know. Yet. It's one of the few areas. I know. Yeah. Just, and, and apparently it's, it's okay. the worst area to not have nerd cred because I can't talk to other nerds because they'll be like Doctor Who and I'm like, I don't. It really is quite existential. It's very good. It's a wonder I don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi, uh, person. You, we have a lot in common. No, I don't watch that. Oh, okay. Bye. Well, yeah. I refuse to watch Game of Thrones. So you can imagine how much that ostracizes me. Everyone says, you'd really like it. I'm like, I don't like sex and rape in my TV. And that's, as far as I can tell, at least 45% of Game of Thrones. But Daenerys is awesome. Yeah, but I it, I can't over... I I need the Mormon version. <laughs> you, you need know? the... Oh, shit. Did you ever watch Mad TV? Oh, a few times. <laughs> okay, did you ever see... They'd put together... Um, the Sopranos is presented by PAX TV. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Look it up sometime. Okay. It is quite hilarious. Yes. So yeah, you need that. You need that version. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed because I don't get to look at Natalie Dormer anymore. Oh yes, that's right. Well, just don't get too attached. I mean, pretty much. I've the- been attached to Natalie Dormer since the Tudors. <laughs> yes. Pretty much the only thing Game of Thrones had going for it was. <laughs> in my mind was uh jason moma called rogo and that went away fast yeah so well, what about dinklage never dinklage is awesome he's fine but it's it's not enough to get past all the rape and the misogyny <laughs> and the rape and the sex and the rape and the twincest i can't get past the twincest like as, as soon as i i even like read the line we shared a womb it creates a bond i'm out <laughs> <laughs> it is known yeah. <laughs> like, I am out. I can't. Ew. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. So, yeah. I, anyway, long long story longer, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I dig it because I'm kind of baffled by a lot of straight relationships anyway. It could be, so yeah. I'm, it's I mean, it could be. the same and, kind of thing. I mean, I was, I was vicariously watching it through television without pity. R.I.P. Because there was the the hilarious line. I'm going to have to cut a lot of this out. Uh, there was the hilarious line, though, of um, lots of horses. Don't know what I meant by this, but it doesn't narrow it down any. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, well, lots of horses. And uh, the other one was, uh, well, two people are doing it again, doggy style. Maybe we should just call this Game of Thrones style. And after that, they kept calling it Game of Thrones style. <laughs> it's, well, it's Game of Boobs. Yeah. Boobs, yes. Boobs, Game of Boobs. But unnecessary boobs. I know. But I got to look at Natalie Dormer for a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. She is outrageously good looking. If I want to look at Jason Moma, I can just watch a lot of other things. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. Aquaman's going to come out. Nice. I love Aquaman. I'm really excited. Well, I want Natalie Dormer to be in something. Faith and Buffy Bell. <laughs> it always happens. <laughs> Every time a bell rings, Faith and Buffy make out. <laughs> uh. an, an angel loses his soul? He does that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that'd be a lot of bell ringing. <laughs> Those souls are slippery. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I want, I want Natalie Dormer to be in more stuff. Okay. Make that happen, will you? I'll get right on that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so, uh. She was in the Hunger Games. What, what, I'd also want to watch that. She shaved her head half of it. It's, um, cool. I didn't watch that either. Well, that's like badass chick. I know, but it was ripped off from a Japanese series. <laughs> See, that's the hard part about having standards. I have standards. <laughs> I do have standards, though. Like, okay, if you're a fan of The Departed, the movie The, Depa- the Departed, uh-huh. um, and you think that was just the most amazing thing and it won all these awards, it was okay. go watch something called Infernal Affairs. It's okay. the Japanese version of The Departed that was made before The Departed. Exactly same story. And they manage, you know, that whole beginning bit where we have to bond with the characters as kids and see their downfall and it takes like an hour. Uh The Japanese version does that in literally about 45 seconds. Exactly the same emotional arc, exactly the same backstory, exactly the same montage-y thing, but they're able to take us through exactly all of it in 45 seconds. Are there any cats or anything? I don't remember. No cats? I don't remember. I don't think there were cats in The Departed. I know that's what's wrong with it. There's no cats. (laughs) We are making my editing job hard. (laughs) I like cats. (laughs) Cats are awesome. Big cats, little cats. All cats. So is Irish cream. Medium-sized cats. Irish cream is also awesome. So (laughs) The weird um, weird part is I'm acting like this and I don't feel a thing from the Irish cream. I don't think I do either. This is just how I am. I think this is just Saturday after a full team of work, full week of work, full yeah. week of work. That'll happen. Yes, I had a rough week at work too. So oh, <laughs> yeah. sorry, I'm in training. I just started at a place called One Eight Hundred Contacts. You should order contacts from them because they sell contacts. Uh, no, it's a really cool company. I'm very excited, but they have real training. It's like being back in college eight hours a day for the next four weeks. Yeah. Yes. We had to um, let someone go on our team, Ooh. and I hate that. Oh, that lot. sucks. That really sucks. Yes. Yeah. Hate that. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. So that was why I was rough. But Irish cream? <laughs> I will try to drink enough of this so I get a little buzz. All right. That'll be great. And go. Um, so in the meantime, let's talk about Audible. I love Audible. I love Audible, I too. really do. Yes. I'm not, you... I'm not bullshitting. I love Audible. No, I, really I, do. I do, too. And... Did you know there's college classes on there? Like college lectures? Nice. Yeah, I'm listening to one about mythology, and it's one of the best lectures I've <laughs> ever listened to. That wouldn't be related to, to the podcast, it's just, just, Just completely. <laughs> um, only only 
Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, I am. And it's it's absolutely fascinating. I don't have my phone with me. Who is it by? Anyway, there's a lot of interesting college classes on there. <laughs> Edit that out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm listening to one on mythology. Um, there's there's just classes from everywhere. Anything you're interested in is available on Audible. I'm I'm listening to one about fish. Fish? Fish. Who is it by? Let me look. Okay. Uh, it is called uh, what, a Fi- what a Fish Knows, uh, and it's by Jonathan Balcombe, or Bal- Balcombe, or something like that. Oh, it's in print. I have to guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. And you are learning about fishes. Yes, and I and I love I love fishes, so it's actually pretty exciting for me. That's really because cool. I'm just that boring. And that it if will book be... about fish. I'm like, yeah, right on. No, but it'll be relevant for the next. Um, oh next yeah. Episode. <laughs> so you're just studying like I am. Anyway, anyway, gentle listeners. <laughs> <laughs> While my sister recovers herself, um, if you want to, get I always in... think of the Cordelia speech. Oh yes, that is really <laughs> good. Can't be friends. I'm looking forward to that. Oh my god! Um, but if you're interested in getting in on this Audible business, you've never been a customer before. Um, we can help you out, and so can they, of course, by giving you a free trial month and a free book to listen to. Yeah. Um, all you need to do is go to Audible Trial slash DCP. That's for Diogenes Club podcast. Um, again, that is Audible Trial slash DCP. It's a great program. We absolutely love it. We wouldn't. We don't talk about things we don't love. Um, it's and true. Use. We're not whores like that much. No. <laughs> and let me tell you, my my new work has a free gym, and so I am going to be listening to all the books. So if you have a suggestion for us, if you have a favorite book that you've listened to on Audible or hope is on Audible, let us know. They have a ton of titles. We'll look it up for you. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we'll and totally look uh, it up don't for forget you. about the Audible Daily Deal. You can sign up to be notified about like five dollar books, four dollar books. Yeah, every Holy day. Crap. That's awesome. So yeah, again, that is audibletrial.com slash DCP. And uh, yeah, just go in there, make an account. You can cancel it anytime. There's absolutely no obligation. And we think but you'll love why it. why would you cancel? There are like books I don't on know. There. It's the best. <laughs> it is absolutely the best. It's the land of books. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's that, that little bit of business. And I don't think I have any more. Nothing about cats? Uh, we have some. Yeah. Yes. He's outside. This, there are two cats playing in your yard right now, and neither one belongs to you. <laughs> this is a true story. Although they both like to come into my house. Yes. Yes. And the cat I do have is too blind to notice, so that's okay. <laughs> She's a good cat. She's a good cat. Her name's Jezebel. <laughs> well, tell, tell them the full name. Juke Joint Jezebel? Yes, Juke Joint Jezebel. Yes. <laughs> yes. After the KMFDM song, if you have ever listened to this, extra points to you. It's a good song. All right, so uh, I think... <laughs> Shall we get underway? Yeah, it's, we're only 15 minutes in. We're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Irish cream. This show brought to you by Irish cream. And ADD. And ADD. <laughs> and really tough weeks. Yes. And um, French press coffee. Yeah, yes. Yes. Which is lovely. It is. It's great. Shall we actually get? (laughs) Join us for Snard expelling coffee through her nose. (laughs) I swallowed. I'm okay. (laughs) Don't die. Mom will get really mad at me. <laughs> you killed your sister. What are you thinking? What time I did- you made me laugh when I tried to run to the sink and spit. <laughs>
You started it with the slurping. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get serious about this. <laughs> Focus. Center. Focus. We open in the cemetery, as will happen on this show, uh, and we see <laughs> Buffy scaling a large stone wall. Buffy looks a little peaky. Yeah, she's not scaling that wall as well no, as she has not. before. No, little peaky. Uh, she has a cough, and she's climbing rather slower than usual. She jumps to the ground and takes out a stake, but yes, our slayer is under the weather. Yes, and she's wearing black and white, kind of like the angel days. Yeah. So she's she's in an interesting headspace. We can yeah. tell just from the beginning. Yeah, usually when Buffy wears black and white, she's got some kind of a choice coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and indeed, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> and yeah, and, and she's living in it right now. And we oh, don't, yeah. we never see Buffy physically hindered. We see her mentally hindered all the time. Right. When even Joyce is going to be surprised by this one. Because, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very odd for Buffy. Um, Buffy has been injured uh, before. Buffy has been sad before. Mm-hmm. Buffy has never been sick. Yeah. This is a natural disease process that's working its way through our Slayer. And that's odd. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. Yeah. She didn't even get sick after she died. No. She popped right back up. Yep. And she's like, yeah, I feel good. <laughs> I'm going to go kill that guy. Bitches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so she you, felt, you, yeah. Yeah. Buffy died and then felt better. Yes. <laughs> that won't always be true. Yeah. But so it, always strong when she comes back <laughs> from the dead, that Buffy. Very true. And, and we are instantly, we have no cushion from the death of Jenny Calendar and what just happened. No. We have absolutely nothing. Like, the last thing we saw was her apologizing to Giles after he broke down, which was hard. How hard was that to watch? Oh, wow. Like, yeah, Giles rough. crying? That's a rough episode. Man, yeah. It was, well, as as you know, because we could barely get through it. Yeah, I know. all ADD. Um, <laughs> it was, that was our avoidance behavior, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, like, we know that she's hurting, and they don't give us any cushion to not remember that. No, and they, they don't, um, they're not going to have... I mean, this isn't your typical show, so we're not going to have an episode where we talk about it and do all this and this and this. That will happen later with a bigger death, let's say, um, but also in a different way uh, than on most shows. Um, but that will be the most traditional way I think we deal with death on the show is that mm-hmm. episode. Um, but yeah, this one is we just go right back into Buffy's life. She's sick. She's weak. And we do. Well, and the other death we're thinking of, that's the only natural death we have. Yeah. Like we have we have two fairly natural deaths. One is taken care of by one of the characters in the show. Yeah, well, Osiris calls it natural. Yeah. So I mean it's a natural it's a human, it's a human inflicted, death. Yeah, a human inflicted death. Yes, it's death. a human inflicted death, but the Joyce death is completely natural. Yeah. By the way, we spoil so yeah. I say that before the thing. I know, I know. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Just by the way, if you're like Joyce dies, I'm like, go watch the show, yeah. bitch. And um, I think we've mentioned it before in our yeah, podcast. Yeah, we have. So. Anyway, just yeah. it was one of those moments of like. Anyway, um. <laughs> but no, like the Joyce death. Um, I think you know that is the reason we process it is because it's a it's a human death. Mm-hmm. It is just how it works. There's nothing anyone like magical or otherwise could have done right she was being seen by doctors it's just how it was going to work out right um so that's not even the slayer can find a way to stop it so she has to because she can't slay her way past it she has to Mm -hmm. deal with it in a human way because it's human death this is not this is one of those times we have to with jenny yeah yes like jenny is a uh, a supernatural death and we have to deal with it as such Mm -hmm. and so buffy's just gonna go ahead and get sick instead Yep. Or maybe the powers that be are just saying, hey, why don't you go do something else for a minute? So the powers are... little job over here. And I I, I really enjoy it. And and we'll we'll talk about as we go on the influence, the possible influence. And we think um, 
very, very, very clear influence of the powers that be, um, getting the Slayer back on track. Yes. Realigning the Slayer to her purpose. Yes. Yeah. And we it's, have that. It's, uh, it's cool. I mean, we don't even know about the powers that be if we're watching this for the first time. No. We have no idea they're even a thing. Yeah. We no just know that she has Slayer dreams, and but watching it again and again, like, oh, the Slayer mm-hmm. dreams come from the powers, so... Yeah, this is the powers influence influencing Buffy, interfering with her life, honestly, mm-hmm. because she's that important, and they need to get her back to being the Slayer. Yeah, because they can't have champions taken away from them, as we see more explicitly in Angel. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but and the first time we see the powers that be is through Angel in mm-hmm. Amends. Mm-hmm. Yep, and there've just been these little hints of them this whole mm-hmm. time. Even though everyone in Sunnydale's like, I don't know, jury's still out, blah blah blah. Well, and Buffy's talking about God, like God, God, when she says the jury's That's out. true. Unlike Where the glory God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different. Mm-hmm. Well, she's the petty kind. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, Buffy never does know if there's a God, God. Yeah. But... Well, the jury is still out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. he peaced out after Jesus, it seems like. Just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you wonder. I mean, but we do have the opposing forces, the powers that be in the first. Mm-hmm. Equally powerful, good and evil. They, and they and none of them can really act uh, by themselves in the world. They can only influence That's others. That's very true. Oh. Yeah, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's all Greek gods, people. <laughs> Possibly oh. Titans. But... Yeah, well, yeah, just Greek mythology. Get out your book by Edith Hamilton and just start reading. Or get it on Audible. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. By, by Miss Edith? Yes. Yes, Miss Edith. I, I put that together today. <laughs> like, today. I was reading my book about Greek mythology, and I was like, oh, look, it's it's Edith. Miss Edith wrote this book. I bet they used this book when they were writing Buffy. <laughs> yep. Uh, very good book. Um, <laughs> Buffy hears something and ah. commences stalking it. Luckily, she stops herself before she can stake Xander and Willow, and Cordy. <laughs> so you mean she just stops herself before staking her self? Her heart. Yes, her heart. Yes. Indeed. Yes. But like all of them, they're all, I, I love how like all yeah. of her little yeah, her heart, her spirit, and her shadow self. Her mind is elsewhere, of course, because of course. she's, well, yeah, and she's her... distracted and sick, so of course her mind is elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like all of her metaphorical bits that she almost kills. Uh-huh. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. read into that what you will. Yeah, she kind of is feeling While she's guilty. sick. Guilty, 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 yeah. Buffy. Poor Buffy. Buffy, this is not the kind of thing you need to feel bad about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Other things you'll have she to worry will. about, but wow. She will, though. Because yeah. this, the guilt over, I mean, even the retroactive guilt about her cousin, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. is just, she's just a, a guilt monster. She is. That's what she does. She does. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in a way, it kind of protects her from evaluating things she actually could have done differently. That's very true. Yeah, if she's focused on all these things, feeling guilty for all these things she had no control over, she doesn't have to focus on being a total asshole to her friends and when she was bad. That's true. Well, and it's just as distracting and uh, and in a way harmful to the perception of the truth as Willow's insistence on always looking on the bright side. Right. You know, because like brightsiders, they are harmful. It is a harmful thing to always look on the bright side when sometimes you just need to be in reality. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're easily jostled, the brightsiders, because something yes. bad happens, they kind of just spin out of control. Yeah. Much better to be a realist. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, we have in... Probably Xander and Giles more. Definitely Cordelia. Cordy. Yeah. Cord- she's- if you're not feeling, if you're not being a realist, Cordy will just come in and tell you, like, well, yeah. smack you down and be like, this is how it really is. <laughs> and we always have to have one of those. We have Cordy, then we have Spike, then we have Anya. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, James Marchers has actually been in interviews where he said that he tried to be Cordy, but he couldn't quite fit the bill. So they brought it on yet. Like that was, he actually <laughs> said that was the point of that whole thing. Oh <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> nobody can be Cordy. That's so cute. And nobody can be Anya. I That's mean, he true. did a great job, but yeah. that role has a certain kind of snap to it that mm-hmm. you need. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Spike needs to do so many other things. Yes. He's busy with a lot yeah, of other Spike stuff. Spike has to be 57 other metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. He's working on a whole bunch. <laughs> he can't be the Greek chorus when yeah. he's being all these other things as well as being one of the more complicated of the greek characters he's a couple he tags in and out of a couple he does. Of different well, ev- things. okay so everybody we'll get into this in our big episode but everybody goes through three everybody ascends to the highest degree they can which is typically it's like some kind of hero or lower god um, or half god up to god up to titan Seems to be how things work. I'm still working on it. I'm still researching. I'm listening to stuff. Um, but yeah, that seems to be how it works. So as as they pass through their trials, just like in the tarot, you pass through these difficult cards and then you get to move on to a different reality. Um, with Greek gods, you know, everyone has kind of a different role. And so we can move people as they grow through their character arcs in, in and out of different Greek gods. Hmm. As their metaphor. Interesting. Yeah. Because... Uh, Wow, I'm just going to give it all away. Um, so as Wesley comes in, Giles passes off his one archetype to Wesley, who picks it up in a different way than Giles was carrying it. Like a shotgun? Hmm? Like a shotgun? <laughs> kind of. He, he's all about the boomstick, that Wesley. Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> the boomstick. <laughs> nice nerd drop in. Good job. Um, I mean, it kind of, but yeah. So he, as soon as, as soon as he comes in, we pass off Giles's metaphor of being Aries. Um, and then Wesley takes on the Aries metaphor because mm. Aries is petty and cowardly. Right. And, uh, and Wesley grows out of that eventually as well. But we move Giles into a new person. Um, who then grows into a different person towards the end. Hmm. So everybody goes through three phases and it's up to the end of high school. And then it's up through the end of college. And then we have our last few seasons. Interesting. For Buffy anyway, the end of college for Buffy. So essentially when Buffy dies. Right. So up through, (laughs) so we have our first metaphor up through the end of high school. Well, the second time Buffy dies. (laughs) Okay. She's girlfriend dies That's a lot. true. Yeah, she does. Um, but yeah, we move her through the end of high school, and then she dies the second time, and then mm-hmm. we move them into the third chapter, as it were. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. It is. I'm working on it. I'm working yeah. on it, guys. Read my blog. I got a snard blog. Or Michelle blog. I don't even know who I am anymore. It's on the website, <laughs> diogenesclubpodcast.com. Go to it. There's cool stuff. Enjoy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And in the cemetery, of course, watching this episode, I am yelling to at the characters, you guys, do not sneak up on the Slayer. <laughs> and even if it wasn't the Slayer, who were they going to get with that attack? Well, and Xander, I mean, I know you're going to say it, but like Xander says, man, Buffy, my life just flashed before my eyes. I need to get a life. True story, bro. Like, <laughs> He's dating Cordy, though. He is. That's pretty good. But maybe he's actually expressing something about himself that he needs to work on. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yes. And maybe like Buffy's heart saying, oh, gee, my boyfriend's gone. I need to maybe get a life. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And of course, as you mentioned, Xander is understandably a little rattled by all of this, um, which could have been avoided by not sneaking up on the Slayer. (laughs) Seriously, guys. Slayers are deadly. They're called Slayers. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
Buffy asks why her friends are hiding in a cemetery and sneaking up on her, which is a pretty good question. Uh, Willow reminds Buffy that she shouldn't be there either because she's sick. Buffy says that other than the world spinning a little bit, she's totally fine and ready for patrol. And I'll bet the world is spinning more than a little bit, be- uh, because this is the episode after Buffy's evil vampire ex-boyfriend murdered Giles's not evil and two minutes from redemption girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cordelia, being rather adorably and uncharacteristically concerned, uh, tells Buffy that this particular flu is nothing to be trifled with, and how half the school is out with it. That's cute. And then, she says that they're all very concerned about how, how about Buffy and how she looks totally gross and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of Cordelia's best episodes Oh my to god, date. so good. Because she's finally integrated fully into the Scoobies enough that she's participating while still being Cordy. Absolutely. And it's just so good. And the costuming is fun. So Willow and Xander match, Xander and Cordy match, and then Cordy's matching with both Xander and Buffy. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of this cute little, like, we get to see how the triangles are working, like Mm -hmm. how everyone's connected. So Cordy actually has an affection for Buffy. Yeah, absolutely. She really does. And (laughs) her concern comes out in things like that. Yeah thinking that Buffy should get whatever thing taken off her face. <laughs> but for Cordy, that's you know like that love, you know? That's yeah, like she it really is. cares. Yeah. Yeah. That, that thing? That, you know thing. that thing. You know, you know that thing. <laughs> is she the only one that noticed that thing? <laughs> we know other people don't like this episode, but we really like it. We do. We like every episode. We've had. We, Even the ones yes. we didn't think we liked, we've liked. Yes, yes. Like, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Buffy deadpans how touched she is by the gesture. And can I just say once again how much I love zero fucks given Buffy? <laughs> because I do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she's quite a bit of that in this episode. Too. She is. Well, she's sick and miserable. And she's like, oh, for God's sake, don't. <laughs> just don't. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Buffy really wants to get back to patrolling, but Willow says, oh, one night of rest is not going to kill you. Well, no, dying is later, as well as having already happened. <laughs> <laughs> and now Buffy reveals why she's out patrolling whilst affi- afflicted with a nasty flu. She says that getting a night of rest might kill someone else. Indeed, the Buffy guilt has kicked in full force. God, can you imagine that feeling, though? Like, just feeling like any minute you're not out there. Someone's going to die. Oh, that would be terrible. I just can't. Like, when she says it, I really do feel it in the gut. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I I, feel weird if I miss, like, a news bulletin or something. I, I can't know. imagine having that much responsibility on me. Well, like, I had a hamster once who happened to be old and died, but then when I checked on it, its water thing was almost empty, and I was I, I still, to this day, worried that I, like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that like, I participated. Even well, though this hamster was like two and a half years old. That's old for yeah. a hamster. But yeah, like its water thing was essentially empty. It wasn't dry. And I still wonder if I killed my hamster accidentally. I would say not. But I understand yeah. you because I was two days late cleaning out my canister filter for one of my aquariums this week. Mm-hmm. And I was totally stressed out about it. I was too tired and work was crazy. And I needed, you know, it only doesn't take long, but I was just tired. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And there's no, it's not going to hurt the fish two days late. I mean, who cares? It's an arbitrary number of like a you know four weeks or whatever. But I was like, oh my God, what if they die? If they die, it's my fault. and they're fish for god's sake you know it's like (laughs) so like let's say that somebody else's you know girlfriend some other person who's super close to you their girlfriend Mm -hmm. or their boyfriend or or say a little kid in the hospital somewhere perhaps yes one of those one of those you know dies Mm -hmm. and you know and And it was actually and you actually had enough superpowers yeah possibly stop that could have stopped it it really could have been you who stopped it 
And, uh, you know, and you just decided to take that one night to go have a sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Absolutely. I, I really empathize with Buffy's position. I, I, throughout this whole episode. I, yeah, mean, I mean, you know, I, I yell at Buffy when it's called for, but yeah. poor Buffy in this whole oh, damn thing. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, this is coming from somebody I have worked dead on my feet. Like, I have worked in her condition. Like a vampire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have gone to two jobs where I knew that we were shorthanded and I was just like doing everything and talking to people. And as soon as there was a minute, I'm like leaning against the, you know, oh, yeah. against the wall, like kind of feeling green. Well, I, I worked that whole week with food poisoning. Yes, So did. I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yes. So. <laughs> just recently. Just, she has the the ultimate work ethic. Yes, she does. Reason. Yes. And we've seen that um, that Cordy, her shadow self, also does remember that she's the apex of the pyramid and... She almost got her head cut off and then That's ran out there. That's very true. And will yeah. we even see that in this episode? And we will see it so hardcore in Angel the Series with Cordy. Yes. Yes, we will. Yeah, her work Wait. ethic. I mean, I said it at the time when we were, when we were watching that episode, when we were watching Sub Assembly Required, I would hire Cordy in a second. Oh, yeah. That I would teach her the job, whatever. Yeah. I don't care if she's never touched a computer in her life. That kind of work ethic? <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Get into my department and I will teach you everything you need to know. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> like, and oh, I just got my head cut off, but I have to go cheerlead right now. Well, and I, yeah. think, I think there's a reason that Angel is not only happy to see her because she's con- she was one of the first people in Sunnydale, aside from, well, even before Buffy, to connect with him on, him on a human level. Absolutely. Like, Buffy... Cordelia, I think we, it's easy to forget, but Cordelia has always been the one to connect with people on a human level, even as when she's teasing them. And even when she's know. objectifying them, as salty goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But yeah, she always interacted. Like She she would swoop in and, and it looked predatory and it was. Well, and good for her. Yeah. He's a hot dude. She should be checking him yeah. out. But at the same time, she was making him laugh when Buffy was standing <laughs> yes, him up on a date. Absolutely. At that time, she knew how crappy that felt because we were watching her mm-hmm. get stood up on her dates with Daryl. Who is it? Daryl? Not Daryl. That's that's the head taking guy. Um, uh, oh, wait, oh, the band guy. Ev- Darren Evan. Evan. Evan? Evan? I, I don't fucking know. Uh, anyway, uh, the one in the band with Oz. Yeah, yeah. The lead singer, Mr. Belly Shirt. Yes. Ew. That's right. Ew. <laughs> that's not a good look, people. Um, but yeah, like De- it's. I want to say it's Devin. Devin. Yeah. Yeah, it's Devin. It's like in Halloween, she's like, will you just tell Mr. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah, he's just going by Devin now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's um, it. But yeah, so she knew what it was like to be stood up at that point. And well, and she didn't know that, I mean, in true, she didn't know that Angel was a vampire at that yeah, point. But, but still, she doesn't treat but him any yeah, she doesn't treat him any that. different at all. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a little like, bit. Like, she's, she's always been the human contact for Angel and grounding, and she also has that work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like, she even steps in and makes Angel work yep. and do things for a living where he's just kind of doing it because that's he has nothing else better to do. Right. Um so yeah, she's a really interesting force whenever she's involved in a group. She really is. She brings a different dimension that we don't get from anybody else. Yeah, it's the and she'll smack you down if you're getting out of line. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Cordelia is amazing. This she is, is. To me this is Cordy's episode. Yeah. It, this and the next one. <laughs> oh, the next one. She, she just spells it out in the next one. Holy and mother. And we do, to be honest, we do have to set Cordy up to be incredibly likable in the next few episodes. Because yes. we're headed towards some dark times. I know, it's so sad. And we really have to feel it because Joss wants us to feel it. Yeah, because you can never be happy for two seconds in the Buffy version. No, no. Why would you? <laughs> we done. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, Xander asks if if Buffy means Angelus might kill more people, and Buffy turns away because that's exactly what he meant, or she what she meant. Uh, so 
Xander tells her that maybe this isn't so much the time to take on Angelus. After all, he might catch her and hand her another note with soon written on it. Uh, <laughs> much to... <laughs> much to Spike's continuing consternation. <laughs> Xander tells Buffy that she's only half a slayer and... Uh-oh. He said half a slayer instead of half the Slayer. Oh. Buffy will never like that, even though Xander, while terrible at math, can count to two <laughs> and is quite correct in his grammar. Uh, <laughs> there are two Slayers. Sorry, Kendra, didn't mean to bring you up. You and your doom. <clears throat> anyway, Buffy says that she's still the Slayer. Important to note how she corrects him here. Uh, she says there will be no other Angelus victims on her watch. Angelus, though, steps out from behind a gravestone and protests how little fun that would be. He says he just he wants to kill just one more. And oh, Angelus, you're so silly. We all know you're not going to kill Buffy. <laughs> uh, Angelus tackles Cordy. Hmm. <laughs> Angel and Angelus have more in common than the show lets on, don't they? <laughs> uh, Buffy pulls him off of her and they fight. But Buffy is most definitely sick, and Angelus has noticed. He's beating on Buffy pretty well, declaring how fun it is, but still most definitely not killing her at all. Although, he is truly a danger to Buffy for the first time, pretty much since he became Angelus, because he's wearing a red shirt. Yeah. So we yeah. see well, we see visually I mean, that he's a danger. If he was willing to kill her, he could have killed her easily. He could have killed her. We saw her how fast episode. he killed Jenny. He killed Jenny in two seconds. Boom. Oh, yeah. So he had five more six thousand different chances during that fight to just break Buffy's neck and be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but no. he can't do it. I think <laughs> I still think there was a, a lot of truth in what he told Joyce. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we'll see. I mean, I mean, if you want a nice comparison, gentle listeners, have a look at the, on Angel the Series when Angelus confronts Faith. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the same thing. He wants his own slayer, Angelus does. <laughs> <laughs> and he, if he kills her, the fun is over. Yeah. He wants to toy with them. Yeah. And he wants to eventually um, break down a slayer the way he broke down Drusilla mm-hmm. and Turner and yeah. have his own slayer. Yeah, he's still hoping to do that. Absolutely. And uh, perhaps he gets some different ideas of how he can end things in a few episodes. Yeah. I mean, eventually he's going to give up on his plan because it's not going to be working. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. he does the nuclear option. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think he gets that. Uh, we'll talk about that when it comes to it. Yeah. But I think he gets some ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so he startles Buffy, acting like he's going to, but obviously, I mean, if Buffy had called his his bluff, he just would have kept sitting there and stalling with wisecracks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to get you some more. And no, no, there's yeah. no way. I'm uh, not touching you. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Tickle, 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 tickle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of a cool standoff if Buffy figured him out. And she was like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Well, I will like tickle you. Like she does with the, with the dream in the first layer. Absolutely. She's like, Ugh, really? <laughs> well, she understands this layer. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Scoobies, though, uh, toss Xander's jacket over Angelus' head. Xander gets in a few pretty yeah. decent kicks. I think this is Xander's plan because it's Xander's coat. It's pretty fine. Yeah. And uh, and then Willow and Cordy stick crosses in his face. And pretty nice, y'all. I yeah. still can't figure out the absence of shotguns, but clearly... <laughs> Clearly, that's just me and possibly a rogue demon hunter we'll meet later. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, they scare him off and Xander calls him Overbite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, naturally, Angelus slinks away because what he wanted most was to not have to kill Buffy just then. Yes. <laughs> he seems a bit relieved, is what yes. I'm going to say. Well, and he has some traits similar to Spike. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> Very similar mentality to Spike, where he's like, oh, you have help? Yeah. Oh. oh. Never mind. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Uh, Xander asks if Buffy is okay, and she yells at them for having told them to leave and, and, and clearly feeling terrible about her friends being in danger, and then she passes out. This is vaguely reminiscent to me of when Jane is passing out in Firefly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's, like, talking, and then he starts to talk about shiny things and gropes yeah. her in the air, and then... Well, and I'm going to say, yeah. I've also had flus like this. I have too. Yeah. It just, it's because it's all wheat and it's just kind of like, yeah. did she just go crazy and fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> kind of happens to Cordy too. Yeah. And that well, one where she does One of it. these days they're going to wake up in a coma. <laughs> wake up in a... <sighs> um. <laughs> That's another one where yeah. Cordy's the MVP. Yes. She's going to be that way for a while. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the Scoobies carry Buffy into the hospital calling for help. The doctors ask what happened, and naturally they get three different answers, <laughs> uh, which Xander rather smartly combines into the flu, fainted, and fell. All true! Yes. <laughs> and I'm starting to think of Xander as being the human communicator. Yes. Because he is with Willow increasingly not human. Cordelia Future, not human. Right. And Buffy, definitely not human. Mm -hmm. So he is turning into the only human communicator between the sides. Well, and, and Giles could be it, but he's too Ripper. Like yeah, Ripper. He's, he's also well, he's either he's either a librarian or he's like yeah. Ripper murdering guy. Yeah, but Giles. I mean, and and he's also you know we don't know if he's carrying any Igon left him or anything like that because he yeah. definitely has a little extra badassery. He does. Yes, but yeah, um, if you want somebody to rationally communicate with adults. Mm -hmm. Or other teenagers. Yeah, yeah, usually it is Xander. And he's been trying that out. We've seen that in, in a couple of previous episodes. He tried it out. He, he's been doing sort of beta tests, let's say, uh, with Larry. Yes. And a beta test with Amy, which really didn't go well. Yeah. But <laughs> but still, he's been trying out his communication skills. Yeah, he's been he, seeing, he's been the diplomat. He's looking um, for his place in the Scooby. Yeah, he's his, trying to figure out who he is. Right. And he's refining his, I mean, his, his diplomatic strategy has not worked uh, in those previous episodes, but he's refining it. He's working on yes, it. He's, to read is making our English good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so he's he's yeah. he's honing it. Let's say he's he honing is. his diplomacy. He definitely is, yeah. and he's he's going to continue doing that up through. I mean, past the Zeppo. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think he's looking for his place, and we're seeing it happen without him realizing mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they get Buffy on a gurney, where it sounds like she's taken a rather impressive smack to the head. Uh, her pupils are unequal and unresponsive, indicating brain injury. Okay, normally, I wouldn't mention this because rules, but we try to inform as well as look for metaphor. Uh, but the first thing the doctor should have checked uh, would, for would be the ABCs, uh, airway, breathing, and circulation. Lucky for him, slayers are really hard to kill. Um, <laughs> but there are a bunch of other things that should have been done here. Uh, when you're evaluating an unconscious patient, but rules, so we're not, we're mm -hmm. going to move on. Yeah, uh, but it, just, if you happen to be evaluating somebody ABCs. for any reason. Airway breathing. Do yeah. the ABCs. It's more of a, it's more of a, a public service announcement than it is a criticism of the show. No, absolutely. Because yeah. TV doctors always do this. Yes. It's, no, it's not that at all. I'm not criticizing yeah. the show, but if you are, uh, you're, if you're just a regular person who's mm -hmm. watching, 
Um, and you have watched a lot of shows that have scenes in hospitals. Uh, what you need to look for, don't worry about opening the eyes and stuff like that with the pupils. Make sure they're breathing and their hearts beating. Yes. Especially if they're unconscious. Yes. Because with unconsciousness comes not breathing and your heart not beating. And then, um, <laughs> the new guidelines for CPR as long as we're on it are not breathing for them and just focus on chest compressions. Yes. And, uh, and definitely get on the phone with 911 as fast as possible and yes. they will guide you through all that kind of stuff. And you will have to breathe eventually, uh, for the person, but it's, it's different. Yeah. Well, they're, they're now saying the chest compressions make that happen. Uh, I think you, they they have you do two breaths. Um, I believe it's after fifty or something like that. But okay. I'm not sure. I haven't yeah. looked it up. Lately. Look it up. Look it up. Just yeah. look it up. And definitely um, call nine one one. Yes. <laughs> if anybody's unconscious, call nine one one and get get them all situated. Don't mess with the neck. Don't mm-hmm. mess with the head. Just go yeah. with what nine one one says. Yeah. Do and make sure they're do. breathing and their hearts beating. And if you do start chest compressions or CPR of any kind, you have to continue until you are physically no longer able. Yes. Legally. Yes. And morally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Morally and legally. <laughs> but I'm just, you know, if you do start CPR, you need to follow it. But d- don't let that stop you from starting CPR. Always start CPR. Yeah. Like if, if you have muscular dystrophy and you can only do three compressions, just do the three compressions. Yes. That's fine. Yes. Call for help while you try and do them. Absolutely. All right. So. <laughs> PSA yes. over. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the important part of this, as far as the plot goes, uh, we can see that Buffy's mental state most definitely affects her Slayer healing. The, the reason this is, I mean, on a plot level, <laughs> this is important because uh, we can see that Buffy's mental state most definitely affects her Slayer healing. Uh, we suspected this in What's My Line when Buffy's injured knee, which should have healed in about seven minutes, was still bothering her well into the second part of the two-part episode. And uh, now... She's not only sick, which, as Joyce will mention later, is odd for Buffy, but also still unconscious after a head injury that, from what I saw, consisted of Angela's bonking her noggin into the mausoleum. Yeah, and she's been, like, thrown across the room into cement walls and just... Bad things. I mean, and in the future, she'll take way worse shots to the head and be Mm -hmm. totally fine. Yeah, but Um, she's also sick, and that never happens either. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, For a Slayer, that isn't a hard hit. At all. I mean, Slayers are made for getting smacked in the head. That's what the Slayer hello is. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how they say hi to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Buffy's currently hitting a grade one on the Glasgow coma scale. And that's rather odd for a Slayer who hasn't, let's say, been stabbed and jumped off a building backwards onto a moving truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attending, uh, I'm assuming, uh, since she seems way too badass to be chief president, uh, apologize. Apologies to any chief residents out there. Uh, asks if what you know. <laughs> yes. uh, asks about Buffy's status and is informed about her high grade fever and possible fractures. You know, and also the brain injury. I'm guessing the attending already heard that part. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, the attending designates a trauma room for Buffy and orders a CBC. That's complete blood count. Uh, the shotgun approach to blood tests and a Chem Seven, which is a metabolic panel to test Buffy's organ function. I would love to see the results of both of these <laughs> when Buffy is at normal health. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Are Slayer's different? I would love yeah. to know. Well, we get to see that kind of thing in Marvel comics all the time, so yeah. it's kind of sad we don't get to see it in uh, I know. In I mean, Buffy. she's sick, so it probably is about normal levels, but yeah. I would love to see, like, if Buffy just goes in for a checkup or something, like, yeah. what are her levels? Well, I, I would love to see her levels um, if she had to do one of the things I have to do, because I have adrenal disease. Mm-hmm. And so I have to go have an adrenal stimulation test where they inject me with something that mimics adrenal 
function, I guess, uh-huh. and then measure my my reactions before and after. And mine are always wonky, but I'd love to see what happens when they activate well, okay. her adrenal glands. Well, and we know that hers are high because the way you suppress Slayer powers is to suppress their adrenal function. Yes, that's so, true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's ACTH stimulation test, I believe is what I have to take. <laughs> she, like every she, eight years or so. If you stimulate Buffy's adrenal, she probably just rips out your spine and goes about her day. Well, I think we see that in Beer Bad. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Where people go. Um, <laughs> also ordered, it's a typing screen, just in case Buffy needs a transfusion. The Scoobies are, as one would expect and kind of hope, not allowed to go back into the trauma area. Uh, Xander objects to this, but Xander, doctor's only back there. I know it sucks, but the mm-hmm. attending is doing exactly what she should be doing right now. Yes. Also, this is a really good way for us to move the story forward while our heroine is knocked out. Because Absolutely. if she's in the room, we have to focus on her. Mm-hmm. Writers, take note. So we take them somewhere like the ER where everyone has to be sitting outside. That's why we do this so everyone can have the conversation about them while they're not there. And we don't have yep. to keep focusing on the fact that they're unconscious because they're incapable hands. Yes. <laughs> and Joyce will provide quite a bit of exposition and background about Buffy. Yes. Uh, Willow wants to call Giles and she tells Cordy to call Joyce. That's how integrated into the team Cordy yes. is. And I love this. Call Giles. Tell him what's happened. Call call Tuffy's mom. Tell her not what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I love that. <laughs> uh, Xander stares through the window as they wheel Buffy away. And, you know, I think Sunnydale probably has an excellent and completely unflappable emergency department. Oh, yeah. Right? They've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, like, oh, she just has a head injury? Cool. No problem. Yeah, like, these guys are better prepared than anybody around Shakespeare. <laughs> Or I guess in a Shakespearean play is what I mean. But, you know, like, oh, your head turned into an ass's again? All right, let's go. All right, fine. Fuck. Fuck. You here? <laughs> like, like, probably cutting edge levels of medicine, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, probably, like, the military and Sunnydale are probably where they're, like, you know, making the most progress in medicine. Oh, yeah. Well, and in Sunnydale, they don't have to worry about these experimental treatments going awry because everyone dies anyway. <laughs> Experimental treatment, that happens every day. Uh, so however many hours later, I mean, it's a hospital, so it could be anywhere from an hour to like six days. Uh, Joyce <laughs> arrives in the waiting room. Giles was, of course, already there. And of course, um, cleaning his glasses. Uh, probably and wearing try- a red vest, yes. reminding us that he is still hurting. Exactly. And uh, and I'm guessing he was probably, after hearing what happened to his slayer, trying to center himself before Ripper fires up the baseball bat again. <laughs> yes. Yes, because Aries, <laughs> it didn't work for you the first time. Yes, and he'd, he'd back up. Uh, Joyce asks where Buffy is, and Giles tells her the doctors are still working on her. Willow says that Joyce can't go in, but... Willow, Joyce is her mom, so once the patient is stabilized, she absolutely can. Uh, the attending comes in and agrees with me. Uh, Sunnydale's, uh, <laughs> Sunnydale's HIPAA laws are still a little sketchy, uh, but well, I'll give... It's, um, it's 2007 or eight. you know. HIPAA it's was... taken a couple years to trickle through. Yeah. It's like any good music takes a few years to trickle into Salt Lake City. Yeah, HIPAA passed a few years before this episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, but... It's 2000, but, er, well, no, and, 2006. It's 1996. I found this. <laughs> Yeah, and I think this one is in 97 or 98, I can't remember. Uh, But I'm going to give Dr. Wilkinson, the attending, a pass because I love her hair. Uh, Dr. Wilkinson (laughs) tells Joyce and the group that Buffy is stabilized, or more specifically, that they were able to stabilize her. And that's a much more serious situation right there. 
If Buffy required that level of medical intervention, she has absolutely no Slayer healing right now. None. She's they a regular had person. to um, do a spinal tap on her, at least. Thinking if she had any kind of pressure. Probably. would be MRIs and stuff. Yeah, they, well, they would have done the... They would have done all, I mean, all the testing and everything, and... They're probably, like, five minutes from drilling a hole in her skull. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. That's scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Buffy was not a slayer in that situation. She had normal human healing. Yeah. Uh, Joyce doesn't want the official medical rundown, though, and asks if Buffy is okay. Dr. Wilkinson says Buffy will be fine, but she needs to stay in the hospital for a few days. Giles, who knows how durable slayers usually are, looked shocked by this, and I don't blame him. Giles looks the most shocked at yeah. everybody, because he knows that this is well, not normal and, slayer healing. You know, going back to, like, what's actually going on in their heads, Giles probably thinking, I can't lose her, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and of course, you see uh, Giles and Joyce standing in the same frame with the, kind of the same identical looks of shock on their face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get the parental even, thing. Yeah, and even though Joyce won't admit it, she's obviously noticed that Buffy is a fucking badass because oh, yeah. Buffy killed her boyfriend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Lee style. Yes. <laughs> so she Which they so, talk about explicitly later. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, everyone meets up with Buffy as she's being wheeled down the hall, and she's still pretty out of it. And yes, this is the flu, but remember that she has a pretty nasty brain injury as well. And she, possible you know, broken bones. Absolutely. Which, that is an interesting point brought up by a couple other sources mm-hmm. that I've come up with. But that kind of an uncomfortable thought is, is Buffy... If, breaking Buffy, her bones all the time? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like The Flash. The Flash has super healing powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big comic book nerd, if you haven't noticed. Uh, <laughs> but The Flash is always healing. He's not resilient. Mm-hmm. He's just able to heal really fast. So are we looking at that with Buffy? I think it's a combination for Slayers. Okay, yeah. Because, like, they seem resilient. But what if Buffy's just breaking ribs and bones all the time? And that's why it takes her a second to bounce back. Yeah, I think I think it's a combo. I think okay. most of the time she's fine, but when there's a really hard hit, mm-hmm. uh, she just heals right away. I think um, the freshman will get some evidence for that. Oh, yeah. Because that's another one where her emotions are tied to her healing. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I, I, would, I would imagine that, it's a, it's a, that her emotions and her strength and her, um, her badassery uh, can both prevent and heal injury. Yeah. That's my that guess. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it's kind of like anybody. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, and especially since um, it's her adrenaline that's that's up. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are under the influence of high adrenaline, uh, they can do all kinds of spectacular things. Oh, uh, yeah. And to the point, the point even where you they injure themselves. They're trying to, you know, if I, I, I saw a thing on, on TV about um, a guy who, and dude, if you're out there, you're super awesome. Uh, he was, um, <laughs> he was um, rock climbing. I think he might have even been around here, but I can't remember. Uh, he was rock climbing, and um, a huge rock fell over on top of him, and he was sliding down uh, this rock face, going towards the edge of the rock face. And his adrenaline kicked in, and he was able to push this enormous, really fucking heavy slab off himself. Uh, but in the process, tore the muscles away from the bone in his body. Ow. So that is what adrenaline does. Like It yes. kicks you from... Because uh, there are sort of checks and balances in your muscles and your brain keeps them uh, from exerting too much and injuring yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the first gains in strength when you first start working out for the first two weeks. It's just your body recalibrating to what it's actually able to do. Right. And that's, so, yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I think adrenaline, I mean, adrenaline can take you to all kinds of different levels. Uh, <laughs> and so, and it can, it can both injure you, uh, and it can also, and it can make you feel faster and it can, I would think, probably prevent injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you know from martial arts training that once, uh, part of your training is to harden your bones, mm-hmm. uh, punching something repeatedly, oh, yeah. let's say. Anytime you have high impact on any bone, it thickens. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean... Buffy needs to train more, obviously, but, <laughs> but I mean, we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might take a magic shop or so, it but might. we'll get there. In one of my favorite sequences ever. Um, <laughs> I love that part. Uh, <laughs> I love when they really show the Slayer powers for what they are, like how yes. awesome they are. Uh, and so, you know, stuff like that, you can hone your body and hone your powers and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's a combination of healing and, uh, and resisting injury. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, Buffy tries to get up, of course, because Slayer, uh, Dr. Wilkinson stops her rather, rather sweetly to calling her hun. And I get the feeling that the good doctor might have some kids at home, probably getting an early start on studying for their MCATs. Aw, yeah, totally. <laughs> Is that cute? Oh, you know, cute. she'd have totally focused little kids and we're like, I'm going to oh, be yeah, a doctor totally. like mommy. I bet she's like a foster mom for all of the, the kids that have been like orphaned by parents with, with a... neck rupture. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you knew exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> she's just so awesomely chill through this whole thing. And, oh, yeah, and she totally you know, is. and nurturing and really, yeah. I mean, really and, cool. And we can track Buffy's status by her dress. So right now she's wearing a red shirt. When Buffy's doing a little better, she's going to wear an orange shirt. And then when Buffy's all the way better and decides to be sick again, she's wearing a blue shirt. Which is pretty cool. It is really cool. Yeah. So we can actually kind of like vicariously track Buffy's status through the doctor's outfits. Because the doctor, I mean, as we see the episode, she's a really good doctor. She is. She's she has, really good. A, I mean, she... She's able to control the Slayer, number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and she's she keeps a really good eye on Buffy, even though she's got the entire ER to run if she's the attending. Plus, oh, yeah. she's got stuff going on in the, in the the children's ward. She's all over the place with her job, and she is still mm-hmm. really so good that she's able to have a special attention for this patient. Oh, yeah. And she seems to have a pretty good idea that Buffy's different. Yes. She could totally have an interview with the BBC, have her kids come in the room and handle it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the cutest fucking thing. Know, like, oh my god! I'm going to embed that video. I'm going to embed <laughs> the BBC Kids video just for you guys. So I go to uh, diagesclubpodcast.com. I'll have that in those post notes. <laughs> love that. <laughs> <laughs> have I discussed the pajama inception on the show? I think that was when we had it. That was a separate conversation that we had. Yeah, I was uh, when that when that I just blinked. Sorry. Yeah, blink, blink. When that when that video broke, um, I was. In a meeting with my coworkers, we all work from home. We were all wearing pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Called into the meeting, and we concluded that the guy didn't get up to wrangle his kids because he was also wearing pajama bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So I it was like that. pajama inception. We're like, oh, we're all, we're all in our jammies. I think he was in his jammies, and we're all talking about him being in I his jammies. That. Yeah. yeah. When, when I worked from home, I totally did it in my jammies. Of course. Yeah. I'm in my jammies now. <laughs> True. I am. I am. I am not. I'm almost in my running clothes, though. Well, I you changed have my like pants. a life or whatever. <laughs> Barely. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Buffy clearly doesn't want to do the hospital thing. Sorry, Buffy. You're gonna be there a lot. Like, if they have some kind of a get your tenth visit free card, I'd sign up right now. Yeah. Uh, Buffy says that this is the hospital zone and tells Xander that there's no singing. Yeah, Xander. No yeah. summoning of musical demons. <laughs> 
just going to drop a little once more with feeling hashtag in here. I love that they keep kind of alluding to music and stuff and singing. I know, and they especially around know. Xander. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like foreshadowing his <laughs> tap dancing through all these episodes. Yes. <laughs> Even though it wasn't but a twinkle in Whedon's eye. There are sure a lot of coincidences no, with that well, bad boy, this though. This is why we have the theory that even if the writers don't know, every right. story is complete. Right. This is, I mean, this is our thought experiment that we're mm-hmm. doing. And yeah. there, there's, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of evidence. evidence. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Jinx. <Yeah. laughs> um, Dr. Wilkinson tries to be reassuring, but Buffy is really not a fan of hospitals and who is really. Uh, she tries to make a break for it and it does take a fair number of nurses to hold her down. Buffy tells Giles to inform them about the vampires and how she needs to kill them. Dr. Wilkinson, not batting an eye, by the way, and Giles... <laughs> She's like, maybe we should let her go. Yeah, <laughs> so there are a lot of vampires. Uh, and she injects Buffy with a sedative while everyone else tries to cover the vampire thing, forgetting that they're in the ER in Sunnydale. And this is this is probably not even the most interesting thing that's happened in the last hour. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a sixth slayer. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy's freakout is very reminiscent of a later freakout. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll lose that oh, in a second. Oh, yes, 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 of course you will. Of course um, you will. <laughs> Buffy insists that there are vampires. <laughs> and, man, okay. This is kind of played for laughs, but this is... This has got to be doubly traumatic for Buffy, who, unbeknownst to us at the time, but as we'll find out later, has previously been committed into psychiatric care by her parents for talking about vampires. Yeesh. Yeah. That's rough. I've watched Joyce in this part of the episode a couple times, mm-hmm. and she, well, I don't think they'd necessarily discussed Buffy's full past, Christine St- Sutherland still kind of flinches. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a tension in her all of a sudden. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's well played regardless of what they knew about Buffy's past when they filmed. Right. And I mean, and, and I, I can see the way that Buffy describes it later, I can see it going down exactly this way, but with the addition of Hank, Buffy's dad. In this situation, we have Giles standing in for Buffy's dad, mm-hmm. but this is how it would have gone down. They bring in Buffy, who has said she's a vampire slayer and that they're vampires. She gets strapped down because she probably starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. And she gets sedated right in front of her mom. Yep. Probably. That's how it would have gone down. And Joyce just goes into denial land. Absolutely right she does. She is extra calm. <laughs> yeah. Extra calm. Yep. And we even, uh, in another another time, we fast forwarded through uh, the episode of Angel remembering going back and seeing Buffy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually saw some evidence that it was probably Hank that put her in the hospital. Yeah. Not necessarily Joyce. Yeah, which Joyce would have gone along with it, but... Yeah, like the yeah. the argument that you overhear, if you turn on subtitles, you can see it more mm-hmm. explicitly. It does seem to point to the fact that Hank is the one who's unhappy. Oh, I would absolutely Buffy's think so. change of status. Well, we see what happens when Hank concludes that Buffy is damaged. He bails. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Hank yeah. is very much the personality where it's, this, this kid is giving me trouble, so I will just bail on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or lock her up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cute, Hank, you dick. Uh, (laughs) uh, Giles reassures her that she shouldn't worry because they'll get the vampires later. (laughs) He explains to Joyce that he was just humoring Buffy, and thank goodness for Sunnydale Syndrome. (laughs) Um, Joyce pets Buffy's head and tells her she'll be okay, and Buffy says that she doesn't want to stay, and she says it in a cute little scared voice that breaks my heart. Oh, me too. I mean, this big, tough, badass slayer 
it's, I mean, she's just a kid for a minute. And she like, is. Oh, Buffy. It is, it's hard to see her this way. It is. It really is hard to see her this way. You just want to give her a hug. Yeah. Even though she'd probably kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and beat everybody to death with your bones to get out of the hospital <laughs> right now. Yeah. But yes. it's mean, like, oh, Buffy. Mm-hmm. So cute and yeah. sad. Uh, once Buffy has been wheeled away, Xander comments on how odd it is to see Buffy scared. Word. Uh, Joyce, not catching the snap about how people have noticed that what a badass her daughter is, explains that Buffy hates hospitals. Joyce doesn't mention the reason that we talked about earlier, but does say that Buffy has hated hospitals since she was a kid and her cousin Celia died in a hospital while Buffy was alone with her. Buffy was eight when Celia died. Uh, Joyce sees that the sedation has kicked in and Buffy is asleep and goes to call Hank. They're lucky that Buffy can be sedated like a normal person, aren't they? That would be a little tricky to explain. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Giles shows Joyce where the phone is, and Joyce thanks him for how he looks out for Buffy. Kind of watches out for her, you might say. (laughs) (laughs) Rimshot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Giles says that they're all very fond of Buffy. Understatement, Giles. Joyce gives her condolences about Jenny, and good for you, Joyce. Um, Those of us who have lost someone uh, know that people don't talk about the dead around the grieving, so very nice job, Joyce. Giles gets a bit choked up and thanks her. Joyce tells him how down Buffy has been since Jenny died, to the point where where the flu is a little odd since Buffy never gets sick. I love this the kind of Slayer mythos building in Buffy is because Buffy is sick and Buffy is hurt and Buffy isn't healing like she should be, which ties her emotions directly to her healing powers. And that's too cool. That is really cool. Good catch. (laughs) Uh, Giles, of course, knows that Slayers don't get sick. So he just reassures Joyce that Buffy will be fine. Joyce apologizes for any nervous babbling she might be doing since Giles is super hot and standing right in front of her and all. (laughs) Easy, Joyce. You'll get there. (laughs) Twice. Twice. On a police car. (laughs) And then running into a tree. (laughs) But uh, she sincerely, though, tells him to let her know if he needs anything and he thanks her. Xander wonders if Buffy will be okay in the hospital, and Cordy tells the story of Lizette and her ill-fated rhinoplasty and its non-Gwyneth outcome. (laughs) Willow Willow points out that Buffy isn't so much there for a nose job. Uh, Cordy, ever efficient, uh, thinks that Buffy should make the best of her time and take care of that thing on her face. You know, that thing. That thing? That thing. Has anybody else noticed that thing? <laughs> Willow, as she does, changes the subject away from the thing to whether Angelus will waltz into the hospital and do damage to Buffy. Yes, but the same kind of snark as Cordelia. Yes. Have some lemonade. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like they're friends, but not friends, but friends. Yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> Xander points out that Angelus doesn't need an invitation, since the hospital is a public building and all. Cordy's wondering why no one else has noticed the thing. <laughs> <laughs> At 2.27 a.m., Buffy is having a restless sleep. <laughs> restless. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're just going to overlook the numbers on the monitor there, or dismiss them as weird Slayer stuff, um, unless we have a doctor in the listenership who would like to write in and tell me those aren't SpO2, maybe, or EKG and ECO2, because I can't figure out what they would be. And It's, it's special Sunnydale numbers. It's confusing. Yeah. Though they're not unlike Faith's. <clears throat> oh, oh. 
Oh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to have pictures on the gen blog? Uh, after Faith's episode. Okay. Yes. I look forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, different monitors, though. It's kind of confusing. Uh, Slayers have weird, weird results, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> they seem dead, according to their numbers. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, might be a prop fuck up. I have no idea. I don't Whatever. know. Well, I think the prop fuck up is when there's like someone, you know, like laying in a hospital bed and their love interest comes in and they kiss them and the, the heart rate just stays the same. It's like, you guys didn't even try, did you? <laughs> right. <laughs> like it should go boop, 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 boop. Something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like when they're lying through their teeth and they're hooked up to the monitor. It's like, that's how you do a lie detector test. <laughs> Especially if they're buffy. Yeah. Who does not lie well at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy used to be like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so Buffy wakes and sees sort of a creepy kid looking at her from the doorway. He walks away and is followed by a most definitely creepy dude. Ugh. So this is Derek Kinderstutt, and I'm going to name him early because Kinderstutt is really fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Buffy gets out of her bed and walks unsteadily out into the hall and into what is either a fever dream or a slayer dream. Let's see if we can figure out which. Hmm. Okay. We see Buffy walking past the janitor who is mopping the floor and then Buffy is her eight-year-old self. She spots some medical instruments all sitting on a tray in the hall getting less and less sterile every second. Bothers me. <laughs> I'd like to think this is hyperbole, like child hyperbole. Yeah, I, I would like to think so too, because that yeah. looks like shit from like the house on Haunted Hill. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's child hyperbole. Yeah, or a message from somebody. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything is kind of tilty and weird and funky camera wise as young Buffy goes into one of the hospital rooms and approaches a plastic curtain and snarred. What did you notice about the room number? The room number is 666. Isn't that crazy? It's <laughs> <That is> awesome. <laughs> like, we even rewound a couple times and had We brought Alex, in the, the boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. Yes, he came, he scooted forward on his knees and double-checked on the screen, and yes, indeed, it is The room number 666. <laughs> yes. Well done, prop department. Yeah, absolutely. why the fuck not? Yeah. You're already making all the, some, the signs for everything else in the hospital, so mm -hmm. just, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, teenage Buffy wakes in her hospital bed, and it's two twenty-seven again. And there are no creepy kids or kindestots in the hall in the doorway. Buffy, as Slayers will do, will find out. Pulls out her IV line. That, by the way, was a sign that she she was dreaming uh, when she wandered out before because she didn't have to do this part when she left her bed the last time. Ah, good point. Uh, happily, when Buffy does pull out her IV, she only makes the irritated Slayer grunt noise, uh, because she's a badass. <laughs> Unlike the normal screaming, the rest of us- Son of a bitch that stings! That's what most of us do. <laughs> yeah. Even when it's taken out by a professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Slayers would be like, mm. Especially the hand one. The hand oh, one sucks really bad. Woof. Pinches. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. But both Slayers that we see do this are like, mm. <laughs> That's what Slayers do when they're in pain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she walks down the hall past the janitor guy mopping up the floor, just what as was in her dream. And with that, I th think we can conclude that her dream was a Slayer dream. Buffy would have no had no idea that he was mopping the floor in the hallway, and she isn't psychic. So the dream is a message from the powers that be. Definitely. Which means that her flashbacks to Cecilia dying mm -hmm. are also part of the Slayer dream. Absolutely. Which we keep having. Yes. It's just kind of hitting her over the head. Like, hey, 
Hey, yeah. hey. Here's something you have to deal with, Slayer. Mm-hmm. Come on, Slayer. That's yep. what, I mean, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, Buffy peeks into a few rooms, seeing only older patients in various states of hospital discomfort. Thankfully, there is no tray of non-sterile instruments there to make me tense. Uh, <laughs> she is, though, watched by an ominous security guard. Uh, as she Who pads- is Mozzie from White Collar? <laughs> yeah. If you've watched White Collar, you know my delight. <laughs> uh, as she pads down the hall, oh, did they have those little hospital socks with the grippy things on I the treads so. in the late 90s? I think oh. so. I love those things. I and I, I have to say, I know this makes me a bad person, but Do you steal them too? Oh my god. Oh my god. If you are if you are a doctor <laughs> and you leave me in the little room for too long and I get bored and I mean my no, time like my time is valuable too. We so, did that while mom was having I know, surgery. I know. For the you cancer. saw the first thing that I did was I'm like popping those things yeah, up. I'm like, me give too. me the socks. Yeah. Right. So, I, I did that with a, every time one of my friends was in the hospital. I go through every fucking drug. Absolutely. Like, I've got to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also steal tongue depressors because my tabby cat likes to bite them. <laughs> That's adorable. Smeed loves to bite them. I get really excited about going to OBGYN offices. I always take some pads. <laughs> well, you have to have backup pads. Uh, yes. Well, I stole a whole bunch. My, one of my friends got accidentally pregnant way, way long ago. And so we had a lot of OBGYN visits and... You know, so I was there with her, and I would always just for funsies steal some some panty liners. Right. And later, when she after she gave the baby up for adoption, she was lactating, and she said they actually came in really handy. I bet. Yeah. Just like tampons go in a bloody them. nose. Yeah, mm-hmm. she kept them, and she just put them in her bra. She didn't have to ever buy any of those. That like, is bra a fantastic idea. Right. I mean, I'm never going to use it, but that's a great I idea. Don't, me either. But I do use them in my shoes when I travel. Mom does too. Did you get that from mom? I think she got it from me. But no, it's really good in, in your shoes, especially if you're traveling. You just put them in your shoes and then you take them out every day and then your shoes don't get all sweaty and gross. Hmm. Is that if you're wearing socks or not wearing socks? I always wear socks. Me too. I have really sweaty feet. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, it's, it's bad, man. Yes. Yeah. Genetics. Sorry. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think mom will mind everybody knowing that she... I she probably tells so. her. No, she doesn't really care. She has the cancer. No, she did. She did. It's gone now. Yeah, <laughs> she had cancer. Uh, anyway, I even have that in my notes. Anyway, because <laughs> I knew we were going to get off on a tangent right there. Anyway, sorry. So <laughs> Buffy pads down the hall and she sees two orderlies wheeling a covered body out of one of the rooms. One of them says he hates when uh, when they lose the young ones and that's not good. Buffy yeah. doesn't think that sounds good either and overhears a conversation between her doctor, Dr. Wilkinson, and another doctor, Dr. Backer. Dr. Wilkinson is encouraging him to dial back on the dosage on something, and he is saying he is totally not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is on the side of analysis and normal courses of treatment, and he's saying that isn't working and the patients are getting worse. Buffy peeks into the room, and indeed, this looks like a children's ward. Dr. Wilkinson objects to how much Dr. Backer is raising the patient's temperatures, and he says that the parents have consented, so neener neener, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He tells her that she should take her concerns to the board, and she says she has. (laughs) Buffy turns away and finds that a creepy girl has joined the creepy boy she saw earlier in her doorway. The boy tells her he comes at night. The grown-ups don't see him. He was with Tina. He'll come back for us. Buffy, undoubtedly, excitedly thinking she's going to get to 
beat the shit out of a pedophile, uh, asks <laughs> whom they're talking about, and the kid tells her it's death. And I get goosebumps every time. I do too. And then I picture Buffy and her Slayer Hungries wolfing down junk food with death from Supernatural. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Wouldn't that be cute? That would be they're so eating cute. hot dogs and stuff. I love death from Supernatural. <laughs> I, know, I love him so much. He makes me so happy. I know. All of Supernatural makes me so happy. Me I've got to cry. Yeah. I've got to cry. Whoa. <laughs> so happy you got to cry. Yeah. I guess so. I, I, my, my mind automatically goes to a single man tier. Yes. So that was kind of Freudian. Yes. Well, of me. and Buffy does those too. Yes. yes. <laughs> As we saw in Prophecy she, Girl, she Buffy quite, also does single yeah, man tears. She's quite the man. She is. She's very Dean. She is so Dean. That dialogue between Buffy and Dean. Oh, oh you should post you? that in your I blog should, thing. Okay, I will. Okay, that's okay. going to go in your blog thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jealous comes strutting in the hospital with a jaunty whistling of Ode to Joy from Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, which <laughs> kind of speaks for itself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd go into metaphor and stuff, but Ode to Joy. Yep. He's chilled. He's happy mm-hmm. and, and uh, excited about this whole thing. He's got some flowers and probably a bunch of cards with soon on them in his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and they're white roses. They are. Which I like because red roses would have been reminiscent of Jenny. So the white roses seem to be speaking to his subconscious wish <laughs> right. of actually giving roses to Buffy. <laughs> right. Like, I think he's, I think he thinks he's there to finish her off, but he's actually there to just visit the sixth layer. Like, he just can't kill well, he, her. Well, he can't kill her. What is he going to do? Yeah. He's going to go in a room and he's going to tease her and like, yeah. be a dick, and then he's going to leave. Yep. Pretty much. But Xander. <laughs> oh, Xander. Oh my God. Showing signs of the extremely brave, amazing man he will become gets right in his face. This is, I mean, Cordelia is MVP of this episode. Xander is close behind. Yeah, well, Xander is on his way. Yes. He is really starting to pick up speed towards becoming this incredible man. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, he got to see a reflection of himself in the werewolf. You know, like, we we had that callback where you yelled at him a lot. You know, of him saying, oh, I know what this is like. Because he was being a dick. Yeah. (laughs) So he was a dick and he was able to come clean and he had the interaction with Larry. But I think he was also able to take a more honest look at himself. And and in Bewitched, Bothered, Bewildered as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very true. So we kind of started him on this little arc of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And that self-awareness is starting to manifest itself in him trying to be more brave and, right. and doing the right thing. Yeah, he. I mean, he... Won't last Zan- long. Yeah, well, I, I know. Well, he, he step, takes steps back. I and mean, we talk about this mm-hmm. all the time. But, oh, yeah. Uh, these are real people. They're written as real people. And they yeah. take steps back and forward, back and forward. And Xander absolutely does that as much as or more than the rest of the characters. Because he's the one human. Mm-hmm. Um Xander we'll is all one. of us, we could say. Yeah, he's, Xander he is, is us. He is the everyman. Yes. Uh, and um, and yeah, he's I mean, he's working through it, and he really does learn from things that go wrong or right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he'll repeat some mistakes, and you know, musical demon and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, he, I mean, he gets there. Mm-hmm. He really does make progress forward, even though a lot of times he takes a few steps back. So he tells Angelus to come back during the day. <laughs> nice one. Uh, Angelus says that he's pretty much unstoppable if he decides to go to Buffy's room. But Angelus, there are cops right there. And oh, right. Really smart, but really fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> Xander points out the cops and the security guard and the orderlies. And I probably would have mentioned the nurses because um, both male and female nurses are freakishly strong. Yes. Uh, so, and they held down the Slayer just a few scenes ago. And that's impressive even when she's sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Angelus calls Xander Buffy's White Knight, forgetting that Buffy's White Knight is him when he has a soul. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> 
I love Angelus. I love Angelus, but love he's so, but he's also stupid. I know. Well, <laughs> but, he he takes after his granddaddy. Yes, he is. I mean, he is wonderfully entertaining. I love Angelus. I yes. love when he's back. I love when he comes back on Angel because holy shit, that start that kicks off an epic three that episodes. Is, Angel Angelus is the scariest Angelus. Absolutely, he is so frightening. But at the same time. So stupid. <laughs> so really smart, really stupid. Well, because when you don't have a soul, you can't learn. Exactly. You know? And he keeps, I mean, just his hubris. Uh-huh. He keeps repeating his hubris with women, his obsession with women over and over and over and over. Yes. It will always be his hubris, always be his Achilles heel. Well, and he's hoping it'll time. work on, it'll work the way it did on Drew, not realizing that Drew is still a simmering pot of crazy rage. <laughs> right. Like... Can you imagine if Buffy had the same kind of like crazy rage going on in the background that Drew does? Right. And she and Buffy will show little signs of that eventually. Yes. Um but yeah, I I mean if, if Drew thought it would be fun, she'd just kill him. I mean, that'd be oh, like, yeah. "Yay, I'm going to kill you now." And she would kill him and yeah. it would be over. But um, no, she she gets to watch him try and do this to Buffy and I think she gets a certain kind of Schadenfreude. Absolutely. Out of it. And, and Drew, Schadenfreude? Is that how you say it? I always say Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. But okay. I don't know if that's right because I don't, I don't know. speak German. But yeah, she, she gets that German word out of it. Yeah. Um, the German word that means ha ha ha. Yeah. So I, I think she's actually getting a kick out of watching Angel try and do this to Buffy. Not mm-hmm. just because she gets to watch Buffy suffer, which is fun for her, but also because she gets to watch Angel and Jealous who did this to her. She gets to watch the process from the outside. Yeah, she does. And yeah. also watch him fail. Because she knows he's going to fail. Absolutely, she does. And <laughs> she knows what the eventual outcome would be, and she mm-hmm. wants that to happen. Yeah. She's very excited for the eventual nuclear option. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Drew's so. going for, because Drew wants it to be over. Mm-hmm. And who can blame her? She's had yeah. a shit ride on this and, little game. And just like Slayers can't necessarily self-terminate. Neither can Drew's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't think vampires can, really. I mean, we we see them do it. <laughs> we see Spike try. <laughs> oh my god, we do. <laughs> In Sandra's clothes, no less. Oh. But yeah, I mean, it's we don't really see well, a lot of self termination. Angel dialogue. tries and amends, but Buffy talks about. It. I mean, guess I guess Angel yeah. could have gone through with and it. We do have the the self immolationogram. Mm-hmm. Um, from the one vampire on Angel's behalf, but that's an order. That's not that's right. not a suicidal movement. That's an emotion of terror. Right. That's a that's a suicide bombing essentially. Exactly. Um, and well, and, and Angel wanted to do the same thing in amends, and he mm-hmm. didn't. Whether it was because of Buffy or not, we can assume it was because of Buffy. But would he really have done it? We don't know. We have no yeah. idea. Yeah, we don't know. So it is. It's interesting, and I know there's been some debate about uh, whether or not Slayers can self terminate or not. Has there? But, well, in the comments. We have comments. Oh, sorry. I've had a bad week at work. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, they've actually been there for a minute. I need to oh, God damn it. I've had a bad month at work. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I will totally read the comments. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I totally don't think they can self-terminate. Yeah. Even, so um, what was her name in because Angel? Because if Dana? they could, Faith would have. Oh, Faith would have. Like five yes. times. Yes. She even tried. Yes. <laughs> she tried really hard. And, um, uh, yeah, her name is Dana, right? The one in Angel. Um. Yeah. Yeah. With a mm-hmm. PTSD from hell. Um yes. She would have. She would have. We actually have potential self-terminate, but we never have Slayer self-terminate. Oh, no. Once you get your Slayer powers, I don't think you can. No, I don't think you can either. Because Otherwise, they would. Everybody would. Yes. We just have like, just have, like the Slayer rolling ball of doom. <laughs> right. 
Like, <laughs> I mean, Buffy would have after she came back. Mm-hmm. They have this. They especially I mean, the second time. Oh yeah, when she asked the, the second help? time, absolutely. The second time, big time. Yeah, she would. Yeah, she would just turn right back mm-hmm. around. I, and, I think the know. closest Buffy comes. Part of the reason I'm bringing it up. I think the closest Buffy can come to self terminating is when she allows herself to get sick and injured, like she has in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's a self conscious thing or self conscious subconscious thing. Well, it's um, um, and I don't know if I should ring our faith in Buffy Bell or not, but. It's kind of like when Faith is dangling Buffy off the roof and stops and says, I don't want it to end. And then Buffy tries to kill her. Yeah. I mean, that's self-destructive right there. That's it's true. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think players can self-terminate. No. So I don't think vampires can either. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> vampires apparently are just, they can try, but apparently it just doesn't work out for them. <laughs> They just have to hope that they're killed right when they get out of the grave. Yeah, it's they seem to work it into well, sort of like a suicide bombing plan, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like let's say they have somebody take out their heart so they're indestructible, but then they have a certain amount of time left in their their bodies. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh so echoing back to Prophecy Girl and the conversation Angel and Xander had, um he calls Xander out on still loving Buffy. He starts pushing buttons, does Mr. Angelus, as, as Darla taught him, telling Xander that he got to Buffy's Narn first. <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it is clear that this bothers Xander, though. Did Xander know that Buffy had sex with Angel? Oh, oh we never told him. Right. They never told him. He knows something happened to make Angel lose his soul, but does Xander... Know I, what it was? This is is this his first no, time I hearing it? No, I think this is Xander hearing about it for the first time. I think so too. Because I don't really see how that conversation could have ever really come about from either Willow or Buffy. Well, because Willow knew and Giles immediately. is not saying anything, <laughs> right? Like he is not. Gonna, uh, <laughs> um. So Buffy. Um. Uh, <laughs> so um, have some tea, Xander. Did you know that Buffy lost her virginity? Yeah. Yes. No, that's never going to happen. By the way, my girlfriend died, and I'm wearing a red vest of, of grieving. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, I mean, because Willow didn't ever say it out loud because she just knew mm-hmm. and giles i mean buffy buffy and jenny actually explained it to giles that's uh, true. But, then, but then jenny died before anyone could t- say anything to xander so xander's just well, been and, in the and jenny never of... would have told xander anyway no so yeah no this is when xander finds out i think so too. i think we've done that math this is where xander finds out yeah and and jealous as he learned from darla knows exactly which buttons to push and got this one big time yes but xander Holds it. Absolutely. He holds um, the he, line. He, yeah, he does an extra good job of not losing his cool. He leans toward the super evil, scary vampire and says, you're going to die. And I'm going to be there. Uh, Angelus makes a move like he's going to do something, but he really is from the Spike school of fleeing lately. <laughs> 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 and he tells Xander to inform Buffy that he stopped by and leaves. Uh, Xander takes a deep breath. Well done, sir. Just showing us how much effort. How scary could. that really was for yeah. him. Like he, if if he was, if if we were RPGing right now, mm-hmm. he would have lost like at least five stamina. <laughs> Absolutely, like from holding in, it in, just holding it, it was, together. Well, in it's that like he moment. was aiming the sniper rifle, and you have to hold your breath. Th- uh-huh. There was that. Yeah, and yeah. your stamina is going down and down and down. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs to have some mana potion or something. He needs yeah. to have a shot. <laughs> like he needs some scotch pronto <laughs> oh and he has hung in there with drew 
and Angelus. Very, very brave. Yes. That Xander. Yes, he is. And he's only going to get more so. Yes. And he's going to make bad decisions, but this kind of bravery Mm -hmm. is exceptional for someone who is just a human. Yes. And always will be. And I have a lot of insight into those bad decisions, and we'll get there when we get there. Yes. Yes. Michelle Blog. (laughs) Diagenesclubpodcast.com. The Blog of Snard. The Blog of Snard. (laughs) Uh, Buffy is remembering how she used to play superheroes with her cousin Celia. Naturally, Buffy is the hero and saves her cousin. So I'm not much into comics, but I looked up Power Girl, and according to the wiki, she chooses not to be seen as a derivative of Superman, but rather her own hero, and this choice is reflected in the strong, independent attitude of the character. Uh, Also, as the wiki puts it, Power Girl behaves as an older, more mature, and more level-headed version of Supergirl. Oh. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I'd rather watch that show than Supergirl. (laughs) Well, apparently, Power Girl and Supergirl are the same person because blah, blah, comics, I have no idea. Uh, Different sides of the same coin. Just like Greek mythology. And just like... um, well, apparently they're from totally different universes, these hmm. two. Uh, and I might have to call that foreshadowing, considering who's on her way. Oh. As oh. soon as the end of this season happens. Dude. Yin and Yang sides of the same coin. Dude. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yes. Well, that, good job on that homework. <laughs> well, and it could, be, it could actually be either of two setups for the characters. It could be, uh, it could be Buffy and Faith. Mm-hmm. It could be Buffy and Dawn. Yeah. Either. Or both. Or both. Because we, Absolutely. we kind of hand off Faith for Dawn, don't we? They Well, they... Okay. <laughs> it looks to me like the Slayer that they made Dawn out of is Faith. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she look, they look almost identical if you really get down to it. <laughs> they've got the dark true. hair, they've got the dimples. They, I mean, yeah, they, they look the, really similar. The petulant child thing. <laughs> right. The, the tantrums of destruction and exactly. burning. Exactly. Huh, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if they missed the thing. The monks mixed up the samples or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the Slayer's blood? Okay. Yeah. Slayer essence. That's really funny. Yeah. Like they had a mixture of Buffy and Faith's blood from when they were trying to kill each other. Or and they, they made like, Dawn out of that. Oh my God. Yeah. Or they were like, hey, like, Buffy loves this person more than anybody else. <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll make it out of Buffy's blood and Buffy's true love's blood. That'll yeah, be perfect. Like they, they had a kid. Well, they're monks. They wouldn't think they were girls. They were like girlfriends. Right. They'd be like, oh, they're besties. It's her soulmate. Yes. We'll just make the, a kid for them. I'm out of yeah. both of their DNA. It'll be totally. perfect. Oh, they, they would have raised her great. But- <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is really interesting. Also, in the flashback, Cecilia is wearing red. So we know either she's in danger or she is danger. <laughs> so just this this production coding is just following through mm-hmm. so um consistently. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot. The red, I mean, the red absolutely like yes. so hardcore. Now, yeah, I mean, I can't unsee really, it. I can't yeah, unsee the no, red. No, you really can't. Just yeah. wait till I get to the buffy blue. Just you wait. <laughs> Excellent. Till I get to Buffy Blue. <laughs> the little Wooby Blue. It, the Wooby Blue. That I mean that that's one I might have to touch on that after Buffy's over. Because <laughs> it is such an interesting will be a great thing for the show. Snard blog. Yes, it will. And and also the, the red will be on the Snard blog. And so all the whole everything will be on there as soon as I'm done with training at my job. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> I'm working on it, but oh my god, I have to learn everything there is to know about contact lenses. And you wouldn't think there's a lot, but shit balls. I would think so. There's a lot. No. Yeah. 
Uh, back in Buffy's memory, Cousin Celia thanks Power Girl for saving her. We see Buffy pulling back the curtain from her early, earlier dream and seeing Celia in a hospital bed. Buffy wakes in her own hospital bed with Dr. Wilkinson, asking how she's feeling. Buffy tries to convince the doctor that she's totally good to go home, but that uh, I'm fine thing doesn't work with people who can diagnose you, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Wilkinson is noticing that Buffy's injuries are getting better very rapidly, and Slayer healing has kicked in, finally! Yay! Yay. Well, she's starting to have more and more Slayer dreams, which exactly. means that the Slayer is asserting itself into exactly. her consciousness. And we, I mean, and we will find out more directly later that Slayer dreams can help with the Slayer healing, especially if there's another Slayer shamelessly flirting with you in your dream at the time. <laughs> with a kitty cat, which should make you happy. With a kitty cat. they just take what you need flirt 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 yeah (laughs) sex eye sex eye sex eye rewatch that scene if you haven't in a while and watch your eyes it's pretty steamy it's steamy i had to take a shower And that's coming from a heteroromantic asexual yes so watch you drop in those terms (laughs) so So Buffy's feeling better. Uh, Buffy tries to pop out of the bed and scurry off, but Dr. Wilkinson stops her (laughs) with the pointing finger of no. Buffy obeys, because I wouldn't cross Dr. Wilkinson either. And it's about time she actually met an authority figure who had something to say. Dr. Dr. Wilkinson would be the best mom for Buffy. Oh, hell yeah. Like, (laughs) like, seriously. The right amount of discipline, the right amount of involvement. Absolutely. Uh, she She tells Buffy she needs to stay in the hospital until her fever is gone and remarks that the virus is strong. Though not as strong as Buffy. So she's noticed. Mm-hmm. Dr. Wilkinson has known Buffy for tw- 20 minutes yeah. and has already figured out more than Joyce <laughs> has wow. about her daughter. Joyce has a long way to go. She does. And boy, does she go far. She really does. Yes. Uh, Buffy asks if the sick kids in the hospital had the same virus, but Giles, Xander, Willow, and Cordy interrupt the doctor before she can answer. Dr. Wilkinson welcomes them in, hoping that they can keep the Slayer from running off. (laughs) She tells Buffy to rest, and uh, intimidating a Slayer is pretty damned impressive, I have to say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Xander has brought flowers that look like balloons, and... (laughs) Willow has brought finished homework, which is very exciting for Buffy, especially if it's history. Cordy didn't bring anything because she's Cordy. <laughs> and also, okay, I gotta say, if you're part of a couple, there's a couple gift. Yes, but they should have stood together to give it. Well, Xander, okay, this was partly, I mean, Xander knows that Cordy's not a normal person. So <laughs> they just, yeah, like, hey, hon, I got this present for Buffy. Come stand here and we'll give it to her together. That's yes. what couples do. But he doesn't know. She doesn't know. They're teenagers. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> We do get to get Giles. Oh my god, it's so funny. She (laughs) says that nobody told her that this was a gift sort of thing, and Giles, (laughs) Giles says it's um it's traditional among um, people. (laughs) 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 This this gets a smirk from Buffy. Uh, Giles brought her some grapes. Apparently, this originated in Britain back when hospital food lacked certain vitamins and grapes were used to supplement things like vitamin C. And you can sort of eat them small portions if you're not feeling well uh, without them going bad like an apple and orange. Mm-hmm. So, And I like that Giles is snacking on them in the back. Oh, yeah. He's just munching away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Giles is always eating or drinking or yeah. sucking on a candy or yeah. 
It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Buffy wants to tell Giles about the little kids and their run-in with death, so she suggests that they go for a walk out of the earshot of nurses. Outside, Buffy tells them about the girl who died the night before. Buffy tells them about the doctor fight she overheard as well, and about how Dr. Becker was going on about his experimental treatments and the high doses thereof. She tells them about Ryan and how he was all, you know, yammering on about death, stealing his soul or whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> such, such a sissy. Um, <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, Buffy's friends are varying degrees of skeptical and kind of starting to believe her. And Xander suggests that she not play chess with death if he offers. So... I think that that means that Xander has seen the seventh seal, or he reads TV tropes. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> nice work again, Xander. So, just to meander a bit, the seventh seal is a masterpiece by Ingmar Bergman about a knight who uh, has just returned from the Crusades to find his home country, Sweden, in the grips of the bubonic plague. Attempting to prolong his life, he challenges death to a chess match. Buffy, we will note, is a lot better at beating death at chess than pretty much anyone else in the world, uh, including the protagonist of the film. <laughs> of course, death always wins in the end, no matter what you do, but Buffy is very good at finding loopholes in her chess match, even when she doesn't want to be good at finding loopholes in her chess match. Uh, there's also a striking scene in the film in which the protagonist is confessing to what he thinks is a priest, but turns out to be death, in becoming part one, we'll see Drew and Angelus playing the same roles. Uh, there's, also, you know, there's also a scene in, in with a young gal being burned as a witch. Oh, yeah. snap. Right? I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, the movie grapples with life and death and religion and doubt, and one of the messages found in it um, is one that we'll visit heavily on Angel the Series. If nothing we do matters, all that matters is what we do. Uh, in the book of Revelation, as quoted in the film, there's a line, and when the Lamb has opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven. Buffy, as we've seen, is frequently referred to as the Lamb, and that brings us back to our show. Well, also <laughs> silence, hush. Uh-huh. Jesus. Absolutely. How many hearts did they need? Was it seven? It's usually seven. I think it's probably seven. Mm-hmm. And they might take yours. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love hush so wow. much. Oh, that's going to be hush and um, restless are probably going to be two part episodes. Oh I'm yeah, pretty sure we're gonna have to break those up into two pieces. Yeah, just and, so we can like pee and eat. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have to have like food in between some of those. Yeah. Um, so Buffy suggests that the thing the kids saw wasn't death, and she would know honestly, having beaten him at chess before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cordy, holding the banner for the Greek chorus, says, "So <laughs> this isn't about you being afraid of hospitals because your friend died, and you want to conjure up a monster that you can fight so you can save everybody and not feel so helpless." <laughs> oh my god. I love her. Oh man. Oh my god. <laughs> I so love her good. even more after Giles asks if Cordy and Tact have ever been in the same room together. <laughs> and Cordy says, of course, Tact is just not saying true stuff. I'll pass. Yes. And also on <laughs> Cordelia Chase, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, and as we enter the the metaphor realm in this one. I mean, how many times have you been sure of something, like gut level sure of something, mm -hmm. and then 
your rational brain says, well, aren't you just seeing it because blah, blah, blah. Like, uh-huh. like there's a manager at work and you just don't like them. Yeah. You just, you just know you can't trust them. And then it's like, well, are you sure it's not because of that? Because you had that other manager who kind of wore the same sort of plaid shirts. And it's right. probably just because it's a guilt by association thing. So you should just like, like him like everybody else does. <laughs> and, and then later on, you know, like two years down the line when you've been hating your job and hating your life. Right. Then you realize that they really were the fucker you always knew they were. Well, and Cordy is, I mean, and Cordy's not wrong because <laughs> things can be both ways with buffy i gotta say <laughs> uh, buffy usually has a couple of things going on in either category um so this i mean cordy's she's kind of on the mark there's other stuff going on of course mm-hmm. but yeah, a little bit yeah. <laughs> and um and cordy as buffy's shadow self has access to her interior thoughts and feelings even though she doesn't realize that she does true yeah um just like drew does absolutely Although, drew realizes it Oh, Drew knows. Yeah. Drew uh, Drew is fully aware that she's Buffy's shadow self. I am convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, Willow tells Buffy that Joyce did sort of spill the beans on Cousin Celia. Uh, Buffy insists very quickly that this has nothing to do with her cousin. It's all about Ryan and the other little kids. Well, you have been dreaming about your cousin, Buffy. Uh, Cordy's Just not a even a little bit wrong about that one. <laughs> <laughs> the powers that be have been smacking you over the head <laughs> with that, actually. Uh, Buffy says that she's going to make this a working vacation, and since she's stuck <laughs> in the hospital, she might as well do some Slayer CSI. Board Slayers are not a good thing, so this is yeah. a positive. Uh, Xander wonders how they can help. Cordy and Xander are going to be helping by breaking into hospital medical records, and a great deal of my job is about protecting patient data very carefully, so it makes me itchy. <laughs> But thank goodness it's not well protected in Sunnydale, or else we'd never have any plot movement at all. Right. Still makes me itchy. I understand. (laughs) Uh, Cordelia is not thrilled about having a sick person take advantage of her nicer side. (laughs) They split up, and Cordy gets busted by the security guard who was watching Buffy earlier. In the library, Willow is discovering that Giles doesn't really believe Buffy at all. Uh, he says that despite, despite Cordy's hermetically insensitive nature, she may not be off the mark. Yes. Buffy will have, uh, or Cordy will have Buffy's psychological number in the next episode, too, in a big way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and Giles, we're going to see him not quite be with the program uh-huh. for a few episodes, as, I mean, understandably. Yeah. But yeah, Giles is going to be in heavy skeptical mode for some time mm-hmm. because he's grieving. And-, well, and, and the person who has a good read on Giles throughout this whole process is Buffy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, Giles says that death and disease are things, possibly the only things, that Buffy can't fight. And that's another point of the Seventh Seal, actually. Uh, except that this is Buffy, who is a badass, and has already <laughs> kicked death in the teeth once. <laughs> Giles sees even deeper into what's going on with Buffy, though, thinking that Jenny's death has hit her pretty hard. little uh, transference there. I mean, yeah. it's I mean, true. He's right. He's right. But as we will see in... Uh, I will... I only have eyes for you. As we will see in <laughs> I Only Have Eyes for You, um, he is also so heavily in his own grief mm-hmm. that he is processing everybody else's point of view through his. Absolutely. And he cannot see the forest for the trees. Absolutely. And Buffy knows exactly why, because they're so in tune. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Willow says that maybe, since they're still on the Hellmouth, they should investigate just for kicks. <laughs> Giles hops in, finally, and breaks down the evidence. It's a monster that adults can't see, but kids can. He posits that kids frequently can be rather astute in sizing up people and their true natures, and Willow wonders if something is up with Dr. Backer, and that's what the kids are pinging on. Back at the hospital, Cordelia has got the security guard wrapped completely around her little finger. (laughs) He's uh, telling her all about how dangerous his job is. She tells him how super sexy security guards are compared to firemen and all those other totally non-sexy people. Uh, (laughs) While she plays with his badge. And his belt. I would do whatever she wanted. (laughs) How does he not end up in a puddle? Oh my god, I I don't know. He's a better man than I am. I know. (laughs) <laughs> she He's flirts. a better man than everybody else. I know. Have you seen her? Hello. Like, wow. <laughs> uh, she flirts a little more, and he tells her all about Dr. Becker and his patients, and how the truth about the children is that they sometimes die. Huh. Yeah, not not great game, this guy. But <laughs> But I'm absolutely sure I would have said something equally off-putting in this sort of situation, because I would have panicked. Yeah. <laughs> like, dead kids, I don't, sorry, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how it would have gone for me. <laughs> I just want to know how they left it, because she escapes pretty quickly. Oh, it's Cordy. She's yeah, not probably. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Xander stumbles into something, making a noise, and Cordy has to distract the security guard with admiration of his perfect nose, so Xander can escape. And she asks if he works out. <laughs> <laughs> Xander finds Cordy later, getting all snippy about how she'd skillfully flirted him into safety. Cordelia is obviously delighted that Xander is all jealous. She grins and taunts him. One more thing she has in common with <laughs> Absolutely. Xander denies being jealous, but he's a lying liar pants. <laughs> <laughs> he tells Cordy to get the totally protected and confidential and making me so itchy medical records to Giles while he stays at the hospital. Cordy isn't happy with his protecting Buffy thing and tells him she doesn't find it particularly attractive. He says that he needs to watch Buffy's back, and Cordy says she's noticed that he does that. (laughs) He asks what that means, and she breaks it down. Euphemism for looking at her butt. (laughs) (laughs) Cordy would be an awesome girlfriend. (laughs) She would. Well, she proves how awesome she is in just a minute. She absolutely does. But even before that, she's just going to tell you what she wants. That's true. I got a perfect girlfriend. I want this. Okay, hon. Got it. That's true. <laughs> just flatter her a little bit, buy her some shoes. She's totally happy. <laughs> uh, once she's pieced this all together for him, Xander is momentarily insulted and then teases Cordy about being jealous herself. Cordy tells him to watch her back and Xander does. <laughs> euphemistically, while doing the checkout head tilt with great enjoyment. <laughs> As would we all. I love these two. I know. <laughs> They're is- cute. And they are... Except for the next scene, they're dressed like a couple this whole episode, and it's just well, and adorable. And they're still better at communication than Buffy and anyone she ever dates, ever. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Buffy is wandering the halls at the hospital again, and this is why having a bored Slayer is not the best scenario. <laughs> <laughs> she finds Ryan, the little kid, doing some drawings. He tells her that that they're all contagious in the children's ward, so she shouldn't be in there, and she tells him she's already got the flu, so don't worry. She starts to explain that she's not the adult he's thinking she is, but then she notices his drawing, and then immediately realizes that he's drawing the kinderstock that she saw in the hall. 
Ryan says that the Kindestot will be back that evening, and Buffy gives him a Slayer pep talk about how she believes him, and uh, because she's not the typical adult, she knows that there are monsters, and she's the hero who kills monsters. Ryan, who has apparently also seen the Seventh Seal, along with everybody else in the cast, (laughs) (laughs) tells her that she can't fight death. Clearly, he doesn't know who he's dealing with. Buffy fights everything! (laughs) In the library, Willow is uh, wresting information from the Dread Machine. (laughs) And uh, Dr. Backer has had some trouble working within the bounds of acceptable medicine, it seems. His file mentions controversial experiments, risky procedures, abusive laboratory services, improper use of funds from the National Institutes of Health, uh, Schedule 4 drug abuses, a malpractice suit, uh, and ethics violations related to cloning. Wait, what? <laughs> Cloning? Wow. Does he does he work with Professor Walsh too? Like, what the fuck oh, is this guy doing? Oh, maybe he was her mentor or something like that. Uh, Seriously, that not. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Willow investigates the malpractice suit and sees that it was dropped. But guys, cloning. Whatever. It's a hell mouth. <laughs> uh, no, hey. So I wonder if before this episode he ever worked with those monks who made Dawn. Oh. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe, right? Yeah. Cloning. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that is fun that they just passed that over. Well, like, <laughs> they just stuck that in there. Yeah, like cloning. Yeah. Yeah. And this is before cloning was, this is before Dolly happened. Oh, yeah. This this is, I mean, before cloning was science and back in the realm of cloning science. Cloning is still fiction. pretty controversial. That's like. true, but we, we have managed to clone. And this was before we needed them. We, we cloned, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was but a glimmer <laughs> right. in a biochemist's eye. Like, like, like right now, we, we clone parts all the time. We yeah. still don't have any intention of cloning a person. No, like. <laughs> no we really don't. But, we, you know, we've cloned animals. We've cloned pretty much every animal that isn't a human. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Backer, what are you doing, man? (laughs) (laughs) Hellmouth fueled medicine. Giles notes the other evidence they have, like Dr. Backer giving Buffy the Wiggins. (laughs) Giles wants to know what Dr. Backer is up to with the kids. Back in the hospital, with a tilty and ominous camera shot with equally ominous music, Dr. Backer himself is reading some medical sort of paperwork. uh, We know something is up every time we have that Dutch angle. Oh, yeah. I I mean, he should be paying attention to the ominous music and ominous camera angle, right? (laughs) He pokes around in his biohazardous fridge, writing something on a test tube and returning to the papers. Xander is kind of nodding off a bit, and he's been awake for quite a while now, so I don't blame him a bit. Like, kudos to him. Mm -hmm. He is still watching Buffy's back. Yep. Her heart is still in the game. Absolutely. And more so, because the powers that be got it all up in a fluff. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Cordy comes in, delivering a bag of Krispy Kremes and a a cup of coffee, and and they exchange some cuteness in general. Oh, my God. So cute. So, and this is after they had an argument right. about her not liking him staying up and watching after Buffy. Uh-huh. And this is Cordelia so Chase. It is. It's Cordelia. And <laughs> she is such a sweet girlfriend. I could just hear. She stormed off, went and did a couple things. Mm-hmm. She's still wearing the same clothes. So she hasn't gone home. She's been up she as long change. as he is. She yeah. she has been up. She and Willow and Xander have been awake since mm-hmm. that night in the cemetery. Yeah. So she goes and gets a magazine and coffee and donuts mm-hmm. and brings them to her boyfriend who she just argued with. Yep. Like, for for checking out another girl. She is. She's the, a great girlfriend. The best girlfriend on this she show. Is. Like Tara's pretty good. Yeah. Tara's really good. Tara gets fucked over, just like Cordy yes. does. Yes. Well, same, not the same way, but 
Yeah. The, she also we, gets fucked over, is what have, I'm saying. We have a, a, an issue with good teachers and good girlfriends on this show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dr. Backer walks down the hall, still not noticing the ominous music or the Slayer, who is clearly stalking him. Hi, Buffy. Get shirt. <laughs> you are creepy as shit, man. She scares me. <laughs> Slayers scare me pretty good. <laughs> as they ought to. They We're, are Amazons. They are killers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I agree with Riley about, other than cheese. Cheese, too. Yeah. Cheese is awesome, and Slayers are killers. Like, yes. <laughs> those are the two things I agree with him about. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Backer goes into the room where all the sick kids are sleeping and gets ready to inject something into one of their IVs when he hears a sort of wheezy snickering. He turns and there's nothing there as far as he knows, but when he turns back, he's attacked by an invisible something. Obviously, the kid just died. Uh, he, <laughs> it proceeds to slice him into ribbons, spattering the walls with blood and horrifying the already horrified Ryan, who's had a really bad week. Yeah. Uh, it boots him into the hall where Buffy tries to provide medical assistance, but the invisible something Kinderstop knocks her into <laughs> a wall and drags Dr. Backer's body off down the hall. Buffy kind of sits there and watches. I mean, I'm guessing that thing packed a wall up and she's still sick, so no problem there. She does what she can. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next morning, the gang visits, visits Buffy in her hospital bed. Giles tells her she was right, and she's like, yeah, slayer. And she was eating the grapes. She was. It's in so the cute. very first cut, we see them on a plate. It's, it's very so cute. cute. Oh, <laughs> poor Buffy. Uh, Giles says that Tina, the girl who died, uh, her medical records indicate that she died of her illness. Her health was improving, but then she got sicker and died, and nobody is sure why. Willow tells her that they found um, what they found out about Dr. Backer, but Buffy says he wasn't the one doing it because he's totally dead now. Yes. <laughs> also, just a note on costuming here. Mm -hmm. So Buffy's, she has been for a minute, back in like her little kid tank tops. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is like, we haven't seen this kind of thing since like season one, She's Buffy. feeling vulnerable. She is. So it's the and white And she's going back picture. to her childhood with Celia. Yeah. And she has her silky blue, her silky Buffy blue jammy bottoms on. They look um, comfy. They look comfy. The yeah. whole outfit looks very comfy. It really does. But it's, it's very, um, it's, it's everything that Buffy would wear to show that she is trying to self-comfort. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're showing an innocence and, and a, a need to comfort herself. Um, and also kind of a reflection that she's sort of returning to normal. Like, these are things we've seen yeah. Buffy in before. Yeah, we're going to get little hints of that later, too. Yes. Like, and just, it's going to start building a little bit. Yeah. And now her bed linens are pink. She had a pink blanket in a scene, so we're starting to get that pink hue. And also, mm -hmm. both the Scoobies, not Cordy, but uh, Xander and Willow are both wearing red. Well, Willow Cordy has red tights and, and Xander's wearing red. So they were starting to right. show some awareness and you know we're kind of getting back to our normal language well and cordy's in her in the black shirt mm -hmm. uh, or ensemble i guess yeah um which black and with the with, with like white not piping but i don't know what that's called uh -huh. i don't know anything about that yeah. but um she's sort of and that kind of shows that buffy's getting back in balance too because her shadow self is in black and she's in white uh -huh. so it's which one would think was bad but it's actually good for buffy because her shadow self should be kind of in darkness oh yeah um and and she's got it shows Cordelia her back in balance going to be standing in for buffy absolutely in the library much to uh giles's chagrin <laughs> <laughs> i love that scene so much <laughs> Uh, uh, Buffy shows Giles the picture that Ryan drew of the Kinderstadt and uh, <laughs> tells <laughs> tells them that it's invisible to her, but she's pretty stoked about killing it. So you go, Buffy. Uh, Giles is concerned about Buffy's drawing ability, <laughs> but she she says she's like. <laughs> she says that Ryan to the sketch. I wonder if this is where Giles got the idea to start drawing stuff. I wonder. <laughs> These drawings aren't a lot better. They aren't. 
funnier though. Yes. <laughs> Giles wonders what kind of thing is invisible to adults, but kids can see. Quarty though remembers that Buffy did see the Kindestot, and uh, Buffy says that she was delirious at the time. And Joyce comes in. Yay. Joyce. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Checking in on your hospitalized daughter has been more routine than we've seen in this episode. Whatever. I, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. There was something at the gallery, whatever. Yeah, something very important for yeah. his work. Uh, Giles hides the sketch behind his back and gets all <laughs> blinky when he puts his glasses <laughs> back on. <laughs> uh, Joyce observes that she interrupted a secret secret meeting. You sure did, Joyce. Sorry about you being the last one to know about your daughter's badass superpowers and all. Un- uncomfortable laughter is had by everyone. Um, <laughs> Joyce tells Buffy that Dr. Wilkinson said she's clear to go home, but Buffy has stuff to slay, so she's not really interested anymore. She's actually very, very sick all of a sudden. Very sick. Yes. Uh, taking she feels a, all ooky. She does. She's taking a turn for the worse, our Buffy. She feels <laughs> ooky. Uh, Willow and Cordy nod enthusiastically, especially Cordy. Keep your eye on Cordy during this scene. She's so fucking good. Uh, Buffy's sure that this is just a 24-hour oogie, though. And, oh, or maybe more. Just a just, day. Or, uh, oh, Buffy. Such an adorably bad liar. Still, she probably has asbestos poisoning. <laughs> Joyce agrees to tell the doctor that Buffy's still under the weather, to which I'm sure Dr. Wilkinson will probably roll her eyes and mutter, teenagers, under her breath. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, Buffy is back to giving orders. Yes. And we are so happy to see that. Yes, we are. It has been a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, she finally has something to target. Powers at B know what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> she tells Giles to hit the books and get an ID to go with the sketch. Buffy will do some Slayer CSI in Dr. Bacter's office with Willow's help. Willow has experience with medicine because she and Xander used to play doctor. Please watch Cordy as she says this. <laughs> Xander tells them that they absolutely, literally played doctor. Uh, Willow's still pretty sure that that's how you're supposed to play doctor. And uh, asks Buffy how it's supposed to go. Buffy plays innocent, but her shadow self gives a skeptical little cough. <laughs> so, so funny asexual story. I also literally played doctor. I never played doctor of any kind. We, we, there were those boys that moved into our old house across the street on uh-huh. Sheridan. I, I'm, an, I'm an introvert. Were, I didn't even know there were boys over there. I, yeah. Well, they were my age. Gotcha. So, yeah. But we would actually play doctor. The parents got me like a doctor kit and I was like, sweet. And so I'd like figure out how to set broken bones and, and yeah. So I'm in that camp with playing it wrong. That's what I would have done if I had played doctor. Well, yeah, because. Because I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. And also yeah. Willow, big old queer. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, both you and me. So we all played it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Xander, not big old queer. No, he was probably quite perplexed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Buffy, possibly, well, we, we okay, Buffy, we're not going to say possibly, we're going to say for our intents and purposes on this show, Buffy, bisexual queer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did play doctor. Yes. <laughs> Cordy, totally. Cordy, super straight. Also played doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cordy was the doctor. Cordy, Cordy was the attending. <laughs> she was the Dr. Wilkinson of this whole doctor thing. Oh, yeah, She's totally. like, take off your pants and cough. <laughs> Turn a cough. The top, as it were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cordy's so toppy. <laughs> Giles is uncomfortable. 
<laughs> and he, he just is hoping they don't ask him next. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Do they play doctor in Britain? <laughs> Gentle listeners, are you from England? Please let us know if you play doctor. <laughs> and if you, or, or, or if you just play or really... Oz or whatever, <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not Oz the character, like Australia. I know there's some of you out there. The little Kiwis and everything, everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. People in Asian countries, people yeah. all over the place. Yeah, just Canadians. give us a sound out. Did you play doctor and did you do it correctly? In quotes. Right. Or, <laughs> well, which, I mean, did you do it yes. correctly as in I'm going to go to med school or correctly as in everybody take off your clothes? Like, okay, <laughs> this is actually embarrassing. Did they just take off their clothes? I don't know how this works. I don't know. You're asking <laughs> the wrong person. It's been like a joke on TV for however long I and know. I don't know what okay. happens. Everyone... <laughs> We won't name names. We, we don't know. Post it <laughs> unless you post it in the comments. But please, for the love of God, what the hell is playing doctor? We don't know what it is. <laughs> I really don't want to Google that shit. I don't. I don't well, want I the mean, Google I answer. I want a human answer. Yeah. No, I, I want a human answer. I don't want Google. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> either. I mean, yeah. does everybody? So, I mean, that's. I guess that's what I want to know. I could. I could look up. I could just Google what is playing doctor. Mm-hmm. But I want to know if other people actually play doctor, or if this or is just one of those things. The TV things, the yeah. pop culture. Is it a pop like, culture thing or is it a real thing? Is it? Is it like when you have sex and throw all the good food on the floor in a movie, whereas in real life you're like, oh, let's just move this over to the counter, shall we? Oh, right, where they sweep yeah. everything off the table yeah, and break when, everything. When really, you don't want to break all your plates, so you don't do that. Or like your laptop. Yeah. I've seen that too. Like people sweep a laptop off a table just to have sex. Sex is great. Yeah. Or but it's like 2,000 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Is it just, just tell us what doctor means. Yeah. Playing doctor. You. What is it? What oh. did you, and if you, what did you, do you, did you actually play doctor? Yes. Inquiring minds want to know. Cause I don't know what it is. Yeah. And, and if you want to answer privately, we will not out you. And if you want to answer publicly, that would be a really fun discussion. Yeah, it would. So yeah. <laughs> So know. please let us know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So um, Buffy sends them all off in the hall. Giles says he'll be at the library, and Xander is still going to guard against the Kindestot and and jealous. He makes a crack about the fourth in the fourth wall <laughs> with his observations <laughs> about invisible people, and Cordy is amused, even though she tries to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> Giles tries to push Cordy off on Xander, but Xander is second in command, since Buffy's heart is the reason why she's volunteered to stay in the hospital mm-hmm. and kill the monster. Oh, so, he's totally her lieutenant. Absolutely. Every time. <laughs> and All especially way- here. He yes. and Willow kind of tag in, tag out sometimes, mm-hmm. but this one is all Xander. He yes. is her guy. Well, and if absolutely. we follow it all the way through season seven, Xander is second in command. Yes. he. Well, except the very last episode where she has a different second in command. Well, that's a different circumstance altogether. Yeah. Well. Because he has to hold the second line. Right. So he's, he's not second in command. He's second unit. Yeah, absolutely. He is second yeah. unit. Because her, her second in command is the only person who ever really understands her. Yes. Finally. So, yeah. And the person who should have been, if they had just sat had it down and had a kind of conversation, the person who would have been second in command the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. But he is, as far as, as our secondary characters go, he will always be second in command. Truly. Mm-hmm. She relies on him for a lot, um, despite his being completely human. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and much to the uh, disgruntlement of every girlfriend he will have on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Cordy's the one who does it, who handles it the best, honestly. Cause That's she, true. Because she really likes Buffy. Yeah. She can't help it. Yeah, handles it less well. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Because he, and look, he's getting huffy because he knows that I know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, all of this means that Cordy gets to play research with Giles, and we're so excited about that. Why does he have to? I mean, oh. (laughs) I love this. Giles balks like huge. And Cordy says, let's go, tech guy. (laughs) Uh, She tells Xander to be careful, and that's completely adorable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ryan, who has undoubtedly been enough, uh, had enough of all the murder he's seen at his very young age, uh, opens the door to the, his, you know, prison slash children's ward and has a peek down the hall, spying the security guard. In Dr. Backer's office, Slayer CSI is getting underway. Willow is a little freaked out that they're going through his things and how he didn't get a chance to drink his coffee. And Buffy's guilt just about knocks us all over as she blames herself for his death. But she's feeling better because she's wearing clothes. Yes. Buffy's wearing clothes. She's wearing, like, I can't tell if it's gray or if it's Buffy blue top. It looks different in every scene. Yeah, it's kind of different. I want to go with Buffy blue because I know the costumers would probably do that. And then nice white pants. Yeah. Which are are not practical for slaying or drinking coffee. (laughs) But you go, Buffy. Or for me, existing in the world, white pants. No. Yeah, I know. If I had an entire costuming department behind me, I'd wear white pants. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to change my white pants like 65 times during the day. Yes. That's why you have a costume department. Exactly. <laughs> but you yeah, better she's... have 65 pair of these white pants. What I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's looking a lot more like her in her costuming. Yes, she's coming back to herself. As we mm-hmm. saw her giving orders and she's getting yeah. there. And we, we see how, how well put together Buffy's dress mm-hmm. is. Shows how close she is to her slayer self. Yes. How she's relating to her slayer Oh, yeah. She's getting slayery in a yeah. big way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's looking good. That's a, That top is awesome. It's a great top. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's like a, a dress or a... It's like a dance wraparound thing? Yeah. I like it. I really like it, too. Uh, She wishes Angelus had beaten her to a pulp sooner, and even Buffy seems to think that must be a little extreme (laughs) as far as guilt goes. Willow has found that Dr. Backer was using the flu virus to make kids immune to the flu virus. This is a decent strategy and is what flu shots are all about. But Dr. Backer was doing the more extreme version involving kicking the kids' fevers up high enough to kill the viri that had infected them. Yes, and sterilizing them for life in the process. Woo! Surely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, he was seeing decent results, except that I'm still suspicious of him because of the cloning. Well, see, he collected all of the DNA first, so he could just clone the kids (laughs) that he killed off, and then give it, like... The conciliatory baby. Right. You know, like, you hey, sorry I killed your kid, but didn't you always wish you had a second chance with them be- at any way? You could just start you know, over. Yeah. This will like, be great. Here, you yeah. already know them. <laughs> just you know, raise them a little differently. Yeah. Uh, Willow, though, concludes that he was a good dude who was trying to help the kids. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll go with that because it leads Buffy to Slayer CSI a motive for his murder because and... the kid to start, uh didn't like how he was curing the kids a certain death. And Willow has, this is our first glimpse, not the first glimpse, this is one of our first little real real glimpses into Willow's squidgy morality. Oh, yeah. If she it's... has she has a ends justify the means morality does. where everybody else has a the means and ends must justify each other. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I guess we kind of saw it when Buffy killed Ted. Yeah. Because, I mean, Cordy was going on about, <laughs> Cordy was saying, you know, let, 
yay dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, which at least she was categorized. She's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like people, exceptional people should have exceptional rights and privileges and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and, yeah. and exceptions to the, to the law. And Willow said, no, that's ridiculous. And then she said, but Buffy should be fine because it's not fair otherwise. And I can't remember the exact line. But it was clear that Willow felt exactly the same way as Cordy did, but mm-hmm. didn't want to admit that was how she felt, yeah. even though it really was. And we, she really she thought that Buffy should get away with killing Ted, and Buffy did get away from with killing uh-huh. Ted. Yeah. So yeah. it's and I don't even I don't necessarily think this is part of the metaphor. I think this is our Willow. Oh, this is absolutely yeah. This because, is Willow's like like character on the face of her. She, yeah. I mean, we we uh, we've mentioned uh, at least once about um. What Willow does to Tara. Yes, which is after she has... All right, so I'm going to jump ahead again, because mm-hmm. um, I've already done it two million times We're this all podcast. Over the place. Um, so I'm going to jump ahead, and after Restless, the Scoobies are no longer acting as metaphors constantly. Interesting. Which makes sense, because they've merged. It's just kind right. of like... Well, they've Cordy... been infused into Buffy, and so yeah. she doesn't need them as metaphors anymore, because she has eaten them, basically. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> right. yeah, and... And so, you know, Cordy morphs in and out of Shadow Self for Buffy ever since she's basically merged with Buffy mm-hmm. at the end of season one. So we're seeing her in and out more as just a representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Scoobies will stop acting in direct metaphor to Buffy after Restless. Interesting. We we see this in everybody suddenly having to differentiate themselves. Everyone has a crisis. I mean, Xander literally is turned into two people. <laughs> True. And then has to re-merge with himself because of his self-doubt <laughs> in moving out of the house. Oh my god, I love um, that. Yeah, it was <laughs> really good. I love Anya. Yeah, I know. We have sex together. Well, it's very Shakespearean. It's uh, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's Twelfth Night. Yeah, it's very Twelfth Night. Most but- wonderful <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and also the splitting of the self in, in mythology, cosmology, across every tradition is the beginning of the creation of man you have a whole being that's split into two and that's how Mm -hmm. men start to procreate so it's really interesting that we do that with xander specifically um and it was meant for buffy and goes for xander meaning that he's a different person interesting we don't have to do it on in on behalf of buffy um we also have a similar like crisis with Tara and then Giles starts having like an identity crisis after that. And it's talking about leaving and Buffy mm-hmm. calls him back by saying, no, I want to train again. But right. they're having a communication on a different level. He's no longer part of her. So he doesn't know she wants to train again. He is separate from her consciousness and doesn't know what she's thinking. Interesting. So, And I'll talk about this a whole bunch more as we go ahead. Is there any point where they go back to being her parts and stuff? Nope. Hmm. Interesting. No, they, they, do a tiny bit in representation in the last season, um, in the very last episode, where everyone's taking up their different positions, mm-hmm. but they are not guaranteed to all survive. That means they are not metaphors of each other. Ah, interesting. So we we get to graduate them out of that part of her. Um, Willow's convenient morality is an expression of Willow herself because it's something that's carried through after Restless. And actually, that's when it starts to really get out of control mm-hmm. is after Restless. We keep Willow's kept in check by Buffy's morality. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, it's after Restless that Willow starts really heading off the reservation. Yeah, well, and it actually it reminds me that that whole thing reminds me of uh, with Buffy keeping her in check and everything reminds me of uh, after um, after Faith and Xander get together and Willow's so pissed. Mm-hmm. Of faith, yes. Um, and Buffy's like, "Look, just chill. 
Yeah. Fuck's sake. You have like, you have a boyfriend. Like, uh-huh. calm the fuck down. Yeah, totally. You know, like, yeah. like you don't get to have dibs on him forever mm-hmm. just because you loved him for however long. Um, so yeah, that's, I and mean, that's example, an example of Buffy just reining her in. Just like, yeah, calm just down. Pulling just her calm back. the And the fuck fact down. that they're together and they're living together. Um, you know, cause after Restless, they're no longer living together mm-hmm. because we have Dawn and Buffy's moved back home. Right. Um, you know, with Joyce having the shadow and everything. Mm-hmm. So we are, we're actually seeing Willow and we're starting to see those beginnings of her actual morality really being expressed out loud in the face of somebody doing something that's really not okay. <laughs> you know? And even to the point of perhaps pushing as hard as you can to restore Angel's soul. Yes. When you know that Buffy is going to suffer for it if you get it yes. done. Yes. And Angel might suffer for it. They're, like, yes. Not, and, I mean, not caring about the consequences. Yeah. That's the thing. Because she wants to do the magic. Right. She doesn't care about the consequences. And again, we'll, we'll talk more about this later. Um, but yeah, she is willing to charge ahead regardless of what consequences will mm-hmm. be given. Just like, say, cloning. Yeah. You know, just all of what this doctor has done and her saying, oh, well, it's actually working. That's fine. Mm-hmm. The ends don't always justify the means. You don't get to do something bad because it ends up good. Right. You know, and in the case of Angel coming back, you know, both Sander and Willow do something bad because, you know, again, we'll talk about that later, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. We've gone way too long already. <laughs> um, but anyway, I do think it's interesting that we get to see Willow as Willow expressing Mm-hmm. how she feels about this and that we're all kind of uncomfortable yeah and we should be mm-hmm. yep, yeah absolutely uh in the library <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the library this whole scene is from weird angles it is giles is not okay with this we see we see every angle we've never seen before in the library it's... because the world is not Right for and Giles. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Cordy has found something yucky in one of the books. <laughs> she proclaims that it is you, and wonders what it does. Giles tells her that it extracts vital organs to replenish its own mutating cells. Cordy Ew. is impressed. <laughs> <laughs> she asks about another one, which elongates its mouth to engulf the victim's head with its incisors. Okay. Do we run into stuff like this on the Buffy versus Angel verse? I can't I remember. So. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of Supernatural, where we actually yes. have some of these monsters. Well, I, I think Supernatural <laughs> took a lot of pages from Buffy. I think so, too. <laughs> anyway, Cordy asks about another one, which <laughs> asks endless questions of those with whom it's supposed to be working so that nothing is getting done. <laughs> wow, there's a demon for everything. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I can't tell if she's going along with it or actually believing. Him. I know that's the wonderful I can't thing about Courtney <laughs> is that it could be either one because she could catch on right there and just go with it just to piss him she off. She could have caught on to, like five minutes ago, and yeah. before she started asking about these demons, just to fuck with him. You never know with Courtney. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she gets the Ripper stare for a second, <laughs> and Giles tries to walk off his headache. <laughs> Giles is worried that that this is a little too needle in the haystack, but then Cordy closes the book she was reading and right on the cover. Uh, Cordy is on the phone reporting to Buffy that the thing to be slain is Dirk Kinderstadt. Uh, Buffy asks, who is this? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and again, a different angle. We never see this angle yes. from the inside. Until Giles' office, I guess. You yeah, know. it's Giles' office. But we see like file boxes in the back. Yeah. And it, like, this we is usually just... see Giles' office from the doorway. Yeah. And this is way so inside is Giles' just... office. And every time we see a different angle of the library, it means Giles' perception is off. Right. And so this is just Cordy being in his in his space alone is like... <laughs> It's like ants under his skin. <laughs> he can't even. <laughs> Cordy says she knows what the monster is. Buffy asks where Giles is. Cordy says that he's looking stuff up. And Buffy wants to talk to him. <laughs> Cordy convinces Buffy to listen for a view, though. Kindestot means child death, which is apt, as German tends to be. The Kindestot feeds off of kids' life forces, and since it feeds off of sick kids, the deaths are written off as natural causes. Kind of reminds me of the Earl King. If you've never heard of the Earl King, he's creepy oh, as fuck. Yeah, no, have you totally. have you heard that song? Yes, which is the guy in the piano. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> I actually think that's that's a um, an old Irish song. The one I heard was in German, and German is freaky. Oh, yeah, oh maybe it was. <laughs> There's, I I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, good. I've, I've heard yeah, it. I've heard it. Yep. Yeah. And um, oh, and I can't remember the name of the oh, uh, uh, I think is what the singing style is called. The sing the sing uh, singing mm. speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's way creepy. Look up the Earl King. It'll freak you out a little bit. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Cordy has a good grasp of the situation, calling a ho- the hospital ward uh, full of sick kids an all-you-can-eat kind of thing. Accurate, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy has more evidence for her theory of, on why it killed Dr. Backer, though. Giles comes in and wants to talk to Buffy, but Cordy grabs the book out of his hand and tells Buffy of the many ooze. <laughs> <laughs> she wonders how she has ended up looking up creepy things in dusty old books and leaves. <laughs> Did Giles hand that to her for that effect? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he figured out that she was just fucking with him earlier and he's yeah. like, oh yeah, well I'm gonna fuck with you too. Because if I was handed a picture of that without having any warning, <laughs> yeah. I'd have the same reaction. I'd probably peace out as well. I, I'll be honest, I have skipped this episode in multiple rewatches of Buffy, not because I don't like it, but because I can't handle the way that the thing does the thing with the thing. Kinda starts a freaky bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Giles gets the phone and Buffy tells him all all the, all the ooze that <laughs> she heard. <laughs> many ooze. Uh, Giles tells Buffy that the Kinderstutz modus operandi is of the incubus school and he sits on the victim's chests, pinning them down and, and slowly consuming their life force. Buffy puts the pieces together. She flashes back to being eight years old and seeing her cousin struggling with something and screaming. Eight-year-old Buffy yelled for help, but it didn't come in time. Buffy couldn't be the hero for her cousin then, but she can be now. This is a revenge mission given to her by the powers that be to get the Slayer back in the game. Yes. Beautifully targeted by the powers that be. Very, very well done. And all the Slayer dreams of like, hey, remember your cousin? Hey, remember your cousin? Uh Remember your cousin? Yeah. And then the subconscious, remember your cousin? Yeah. You couldn't kill this thing before but you can yes. kill the fuck out of it now. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yes, layer time. <laughs> <laughs> Willow hangs up the phone for Buffy, and Buffy tells her that the Kinderstadt killed her cousin. Buffy says that it's slaying time. <laughs> <laughs> In a vague way. And Willow is all vaguely reassuring, but Buffy really wants a plan, like, right now. Uh, Buffy says she needs to figure out a way to see the thing, and Willow... Says she did once, but Buffy is doubting herself, wondering if she was just all crazy with the fever. But, oh, the <laughs> fever! 
Buffy pops open Dr. Backer's biohazard fridge. Willow is nearing meltdown over this, but Buffy's plan is sound. She needs to get her fever back up. That's why the kids could see the Kinderstock. She finds some yummy flu virus and is all set to do a shot of the whole thing, but Willow points out how even Slayer should probably not chug like 20,000 doses of pure flu. <laughs> uh, Buffy thinks that some labeling might be effective, and I actually agree, but dude was into cloning, so who knows if he followed any yes. kind of proper protocols ever. Well, he probably didn't plan on getting killed before he could uh, dispose of whatever's in the fridge. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's always, but always coffee. write the dosage stuff down. I mean, what if you yeah. die and somebody goes in there and looks at the, whatever. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> Dr. Backer. <laughs> uh, Willow dilutes the flu with some water, adding a drop. The Slayer is not impressed. <laughs> so Willow doubles the dose and Buffy chugs it. In the hall, Willow is helping Buffy, who is most definitely feeling the effects of a big dose of flu and wondering if her plan was maybe not the best one. Uh, they pull up to the children's ward and see nothing but a bunch of empty beds. Turns out Ryan, being a resourceful little dude, has made an attempt at rescuing his friends. Buffy tries to figure out what the hell just happened to the kids, but her fever is making thing thinking clearly rather difficult. Part of her plan, though, is working beautifully. She can see the kid to start. Uh, since he can also sense or see her or whatever the fuck yeah, he does. He doesn't seem to be able to see. He does some freaky... Yeah, which he, makes he sense he turns with his head how the her. eyes... Yeah. But, yeah, but when he's looking in the beds, he reminds me of my blind cat when she's trying to figure out if something's in front of her. Yeah, And she yeah, does, like, true. the tapping thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, when he's in the basement, he definitely is. Yeah, like, yeah he yeah, he tips his hat at her in a creepy manner. Really creepy manner. I can't and, uh, handle this thing. <laughs> and goes and searches the kids through the door to the basement with his very, very long, creaky fingers. I can't handle it. He's like, a, <laughs> he's like one of the bats with the middle finger thing. and it's, it's a thing. He's a little Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. He is a little, he's like Nosferatu, like putting on the Ritz Nosferatu. Uh, if, <laughs> if Freddy Krueger and yes. Nosferatu had a baby. That's what it is. And mm-hmm. the two worst things <laughs> they are pretty bad. With with eye rapey things. <laughs> okay. The, okay. The the Freddy Krueger, Nosferatu, and aliens with the grabby like whoosh, the things. Ew. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. What does this do? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Uh, Buffy tries to to break into the children's ward, but Dr. Wilkinson has spotted her, and being a good doctor, is wondering why her patient's condition has gone from, you can go home, to, so you're almost dead again. Yes, but she's in blue, so Buffy's fine. Yeah, but she's yeah. still a very good doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would, as we learned earlier, be especially alarming for Dr. Wilkinson, because as Giles described, Tina was also getting better before her health deteriorated. Oh, so you yes. can see why this is setting up alarm bells for Dr. Wilkinson, because she yes. knows the pattern that Tina went through. Dr. Wilkinson tries to escort Buffy back to her room, but Buffy does a notably gentle Slayer push, and she and Willow run off. Dr. Wilkinson is tough, picking up the phone and calling security, and then taking off down the hall after Buffy. Buffy and Willow come across the security guy we've already seen, and also another one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They exchange a look, and Willow launches into full crazy pants, (laughs) yelling if she has frogs all over her. She has totally seen Benny and June. Uh, yes. <laughs> and this is important, though. She uh, had the butterfly last week, showing us that she's beginning her transformation. And we'll remember that frogs are a symbol of ancient wisdom, rebirth, and metamorphosis. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, with Willow distracting the guards, Buffy makes a break for it. Dr. Wilkinson comes in and informs the guards that it was the other one they needed to stop. <laughs> uh, Willow is delighted that she's cured of frogs. <laughs> 
Dr. Wilkinson, probably feeling like Spike and being surrounded by idiots, <laughs> glares after the security guards as they run in Buffy's direction. Buffy finds Xander, and he's worried that Angelus got her, but he, she tells him they need to get to the basement stat. The Kindestot is in the basement, indeed, uh, searching for the kids, and this is where he doesn't look like he can see. Yes. Um, Ryan is quite the cute little leader. He gets everyone huddled together and gives a girl his jacket. Ryan, Seriously, if he was not a boy, I'd think he was a potential. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Maybe there can be boy potential. Uh, there's, um, apparently in the comics, uh, Jane Espison wrote one for, with a, a little gay dude as a, as Aww, a slayer. So that would work. See, I was actually wondering if transgendered. I think transgender yeah. would absolutely, yeah. Yeah. If yeah, she wrote one with a, with a cute little gay dude. I don't know if Aww. he's trans or not, but, uh, of course I don't, because I don't get along with comics, yeah. but. Yeah, but. Yeah. But, but I, still, think, I, mean, I think he's a little gay dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, it makes sense that there might be, like, an accidental boy here and there, uh-huh. or, or transgender, like, supposed to be born a girl. Right. Accidentally, you know, some hormone death at some point turns him into a boy. Yep. Yeah. Jane Espenson, friend of the queers. We yes. love her. We love her. <laughs> uh, Everything she touches. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Especially Ethan and Giles. <laughs> oh my god. I already have a thing written about that. Oh, so thing. exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ryan, poor little Ryan, has not yet learned about tempting fate. So he tells <laughs> them that they're going to be fine just as the Kindestot pops up and grabs him. Uh, <laughs> on their way down the stairs, Xander asks Buffy what her slaying strategy will be. She says she's going to go with violence. <laughs> Seems like a good plan to me. That's what Buffy does best. Uh, The Kindestot gets Ryan pinned down, as is his way, and his eyeballs extend into the kind of squishy, grabby things on his forehead. Snart is getting very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Buffy, though, is having none of this and smacks the Kindestot over the head with what looks like a 2x4. And she's (laughs) quipping! Yeah! Hell yeah, she is. is. Yeah, oh yeah, she's getting back to herself. She's got all her powers working, including the quipping and giving orders. Fabulous. Yes, and seeming to fight off the flu pretty mm-hmm. well. Yep, consider yeah. She's not as strong as she usually is. I mean no. the kind the Kindestot is pretty strong and Buffy's you know, she's just had a big dose of flu and she's doing pretty well. Um but, you know, the fight isn't as one sided as one might think, where I mean we'd assume that Buffy's just gonna kick the shit oh, yeah. out of this. On thing. a good day, she just would have like walked up and hit it. Oh yeah, and, and it'd be done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Xander rounds up the kids and gets them out of the basement, which is adorable. Uh with the kids <laughs> safe, Xander comes back in and sees Buffy fighting the invisible Kindestot. Uh that's an important element to this. Xander frequently helps when Buffy is fighting the bad guys, but this time he really can't. And this is something Buffy is going to do completely on her own. Because she needs to. This is revenge for her cousin. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And um, one of the times that vengeance slash revenge actually works because it's this is. I mean, this is straight up eye for an eye and stopping the damn thing. Yeah, you know? that's true. So it's it's not it's not sheerly vengeance, but it's it's a uh, <laughs> it's slaying with a little added dose of vengeance. It's it's PTB sanctioned. Absolutely, so it is. It's like a hit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. They yeah, they called a in a hit on yeah. on on this Kindestot. Yeah, they said, "Here's a flu. You are allowed to kill this thing uh-huh. and enjoy the vengeance." Yes. <laughs> yep. But absolutely. She doesn't revel in it when it's over. It's over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Kindestot gets her on the ground and starts to do his creepy dangling eyeball thing, and Buffy. Uh. She snaps his neck. <laughs> 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 she's lying there. She's looking up. She's like, "What am I doing?" I know. <laughs> this, by the way, is a legitimate strategy for anyone trying to strangle you or pinning you down in any way. Because if they can pin you, 
you can reach them. <laughs> right. I'd probably go for the eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a trachea person. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I like to grab it and then start moving it around, and people don't like that. I would imagine not. Yeah. There's a lot of really important stuff if in there. And if you if you grab it a certain way and then pull on it a certain way, you can actually feel the tendon kind of pop out of place and people really freak out. All right. Now, that's gross. Whatever. <laughs> now you feel how I do with the eye. <laughs> they can just start. Uh, <laughs> Xander asks if Buffy is okay, and she says she's starting to feel better. I'll bet. Got a lot of therapy in this episode, Buffy. <laughs> uh, more to go next week, yes. though. It is not unlike grinding the master's bones to dust. Right. And she'll have she'll have more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and illustrating that for us, Buffy still needs a little help getting out of the basement. So we know she's not quite there. <laughs> and I love Xander's little, you're not going to Ralph on me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so this does beg the question, is there just like a invisible rotting corpse of Kinderstadt? We would think. Just... At the summer's home, Joyce is pampering Buffy. And Willow. And Xander. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. And, and it is cute. Mom's out there all over the world. We know you feel this. We yeah. know you feel Joyce right now. And and Xander's <laughs> a little on the maybe Rudy McRude side. But Joyce has not been there for Buffy at all. Yep. So that's fine. <laughs> well, and I, I can't help but wonder if maybe Xander's feeling a little bit of that. He's the heart. You know? If he's he the, heart, the heart. Absolutely. He is yeah. the heart. And also, as a friend, I think I would have been like, yeah, I didn't. Uh-huh. I was at the hospital the whole time, <laughs> and I awake. saw you. I saw you twice. Yeah, I was awake <laughs> the whole time, and, and, and I you didn't went to see work you. and did all this stuff. I saw you twice, Joyce. Twice, because yeah. he was the one standing guard. He would have known. Yes, if and when Joyce came by, absolutely. Like he basically went home for maybe an hour nap, a shower, and a change of clothes, and then came back every day. Does he change his clothes? He does change his clothes. Does he? Okay. Yeah. But he, may, and, like, but he may have just had Cordy bring him clothes, too. That's very true. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Sander either way. Yeah, And no. they do have showers in the hospital, and if you ask nicely, they'll let you use them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Dr. Wilkinson would have been like, absolutely, you're taking care of my... You're taking care of my patient uh, who keeps trying to escape. You're keeping her in the but, bed. So, yeah, absolutely take a shower. When Alex was in the hospital a couple years back, they gave me a bed. I had a little window bed, and they gave me they brought me sheets and, like, mm-hmm. a nighty, like a hospital nighty. And shampoo and and soap oh, that's for the cute. shower. It oh. was they were very sweet because well, they've realized that it's better for the patients if their loved one is there. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, it was, and they were they were very sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hospitals here are pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Joyce gives Buffy an envelope, a little mail sent by Orion. It contains a new drawing of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires, standing triumphant <laughs> over the vanquished and bloody Kinderstadt. <laughs> Joyce is like, oh, cool. Like, oh, we made you a drawing. <laughs> Sunnydale syndrome everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, so because there are no one-offs in the Buffyverse, this went for a while, this podcast. Yes, it did. I mean, true, we got off track a little bit here and there. Yeah. But, but there's it, a decent amount of meat to this episode. Is, well, and this this episode branches out in so many different veins. It's kind of an artery episode almost. Um, where it does, it just gives us so much foreshadowing and perspective and ideas and and gross out eyeballs that need to be put back in their <laughs> sockets. Ew! Yeah, they get little on them. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, but really, it it does bring up so many different questions and ideas, and it expands our worldview mm-hmm. of not just Buffy, but everything else. And I would mm-hmm. even to stretch ahead one more time, one last time. Bear with me. <laughs> I'm even willing to use this episode as evidence that we are not actually in Buffy's head 
in the asylum. Oh. Because why would Buffy relive the death of her cousin and relive going into a hospital if she was still in the hospital? That's a good point. This is the first time we actually go back to a grief or something that happened before. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's part of the way the way you're able to say, "Oh shit, maybe she is in the hospital. Maybe this whole thing yeah. is maybe, maybe this is I am the cheese, right? You know, um, <laughs> the cheese stands alone. God, yeah. that book <laughs> fucked me up hardcore. I read it in seventh grade, and I've never been the same. Um, I stopped riding bikes. True story. I stopped riding my bike after I read that that book, and I still hate biking to this day because I just can't do it. It makes, yeah, I don't know why, but I internalized it in a certain way. Just tell me about, more about this. You know? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> no, tell Dr. Freud about it. Tell I don't know. I don't get know. me get my pen. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk my beard. Yeah, I actually started running Tell a good that. doctor about yeah. your experience <laughs> with bicycles. Go, go do some more cocaine, Freud. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Nice little bump. So tell me about bicycles. You're having parental issues. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know why. I don't know why that book affected me so badly. But I think it's because, um, you know, since I read it in seventh grade, I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know the end. Mm-hmm. So I read it fresh. I didn't know where we were going. And I remember after closing the book, like just putting it down and staring at it. Like, I was just like, ugh. Ugh. Right. And I knew I should just turn around and reread the whole thing like you do with, uh, you know, like all of... What's the one with the ghosts and the the sixth sense? I knew I should do like with the sixth sense where you oh, get right. to the end and then immediately go back and rewatch the whole thing. Right. And then go show your friends and just giggle off to the side waiting to tell them all the things you noticed. Um, but I didn't. And so anyway, I have that relationship with Buffy being in the asylum mm-hmm. um, where I start to wonder what's real and what isn't. And it really is quite the mind fuck. It is. Um Especially when she goes back and Dawn isn't there. Right. It's like, oh. Because we know that Dawn isn't real. Yes. <laughs> and the doctor's rationalization of that is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that episode really is an interesting reset. Um, but I think this episode, when she's going into the hospital, is an example of her actually being in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, because we reference something that happened before Sunnydale mm-hmm. and how it impacts her. Right. We don't do that unless it's from external. The only time we see her outside of Sunnydale and before is from Angel's POV. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also have her going back into a hospital in a way that would have been reminiscent. Now, her delusion wouldn't have allowed her to do that because she might have been able to escape the delusion after leaving the hospital in the delusion. Very true. So I use this episode as evidence. That she's in the real world, which makes me more comfortable. And I don't have to think about riding bikes or I am the cheese ever again. <laughs> tell me about this cheese. <laughs> tell, tell the doctor about the cheese. I made space for the cheese slices. <laughs> and you all can't see it, but I am shaking the cheese. Yes, I wear the cheese. It does not wear me. <laughs> she, is, she is truly shaking the cheese slices. <laughs> Oh, what's the other one? These won't help you. <laughs> yes. That's the other one. I think I got them. Why does the cheese bother you so much? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just fucked me up so bad. Um, 
That's a the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me about the bicycles. I There's no shame in being afraid of bicycles. <laughs> but jeez. I think there is, actually. I think there really is a problem with that. <laughs> Maybe. I, I have this I have this very specific eye twitch, like uh, you know, the uh, the inspector in in Pink Panther version eye twitch. Or Xander after he sleeps with Faith. Yes, Xander after <laughs> sleeping with Faith, I twitch. Whenever someone's like, it's just like riding a bike. I'm like, twitch. <laughs> Shut up about you and your bikes. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is it about bikes? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucked up book. Is it around wheels? Is, is it handlebars? Is it like seat? <laughs> I read I Am the Cheese. And then I went and I said, I don't know how I felt about that mm-hmm. book. And my teacher gave me the Grapes of Wrath. Oh. I don't know what was wrong with her. That's not very helpful. What, she yes. gave you the bell jar too? I mean, Jesus. Uh, no, next we read Watership Down, which I was prepared for. Oh my God. Because I'd already read it. So I was fine with it. I love that book so much. But I love it. sad because there's funny. It's a hard book. I mean, I just think she wanted us to kill ourselves. I think I yeah. think she was on the hell mouth and she was just determined. I can't deal with dead bunnies. <laughs> it's it's a good book. It's I really know, but book. I and I know it's a big metaphor and they're actually whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, it's bunnies. I know. It is bunnies. And I, I actually like I just about I I managed to not cry too much all of twenty sixteen. You know, I had a couple moments with like Prince and everybody, but at mm. the very, very last Richard Adams died, mm-hmm. and the thing on BBC News, the very the headline said, "My heart has joined the thousand because my friend stopped running today." Yeah, and I you died. Broke. <laughs> I just dead. you're dead. I was comatose for about an hour, just sobbing, and you're yeah. dead. Because yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that was that was the succession of books that I read during that particular what hormonal. What is this about rabbits that bothers you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what, he, that's what Freud would ask Anya. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Anya, what is this problem with rabbits? I don't understand this I actually, problem I, with rabbits. We, we'll have to get into that because I don't understand the problem with rabbits. Is it that they are the, the ultimate expression of mortality? Uh, I thought it was because that's what she was doing when she was ostracized from her community. Oh, Because she loved the bunny rabbits and then... Yeah, because she had all the bunnies, tons yeah. of bunnies, and all of a sudden she's scared of bunnies. I think it's it's the fear of immortality, or of mortality. Interesting. And dying because so of the rabbit. rabbit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I, I think that might be something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to. Yeah, look into it's that. something because she used to love the bunny rabbits. Yeah, as well, everyone should love bunny rabbits. Perhaps I will look cute. up what Norse god is associated with the rabbit. And that's going to be. I mean, and we know she's got to be a Norse god because. That's, well, yeah, she's she a is, Norse demon for God's she sake. She brings in Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. She she enters. Also, guess what's in the book by Edith Hamilton. Norse mythology. She has a whole chapter on it. On so uh, if they were using that as their singular reference, we still had it in there. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to edit this really weird. I don't <laughs> even know how it's all going to go together. Yeah. I don't know, dude. But yeah, so this episode is very fascinating, much more than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd be looking at it a little more, bit more surface, like, oh, this is the costuming change, this is showing this about Angel and Buffy, and mm-hmm. and very, not so much about the Angel, and a lot more about Buffy's <laughs> need to be able to dig deep and find inner strength and heal old hurt spots about loss, because yep. she will be dealing with the loss of Cecilia mm-hmm. as she deals with the loss of Miss Calendar. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, and. You know, and her cousin, she couldn't save. Mm-hmm. Miss Calendar, she couldn't yeah. save. 
but she got to save all these kids. Mm-hmm. And that's something, you yeah. know. That is, that's something. She's uh, able to get her power back. Yep. So. Yeah, she's giving orders. She's making quips. Yep. She Absolutely. even manages to get her mom to act like a mom. I know. Crazy. How weird is that? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it won't last long. No. Uh, no. Joyce no. is going to have an epic, epic failure. Oh, huge fail. Yeah. That lasts into the next season. It's mm-hmm. going to take her a while to claw mm-hmm. her way out of that pit. And she does not have the excuse yet of having schnapps. No. <laughs> she does it completely sober. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we drink schnapps during Dead Man's Party? Absolutely. <laughs> In honor of Joyce. Yes, let's have schnapps. <laughs> schnapps. <laughs> then we can honestly say, and I've had schnapps. Yes. Yeah. That'll be good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. 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 So, um, you talked this to death, you think? Or, you know, oh, well, we've, we've definitely talked it to something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> talked it to Kinderstadt. Um, <laughs> so this is after all the Dodgers club podcast where all members are exceptional. Put your eyes back where they belong. <laughs> Kinderstadt. 